0: A podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing season two of the first show in our rewatch category, Avatar The Last Airbender. Hey Damask.
2: Hello Brod. How are we doing? Oh, pretty good. I'm very hot. It's,
0: it's ridiculously
2: hot right now.
0: Very, very warm Sweating in balls. Melbourne today. Mm-hmm. It uh, is uncomfortable, but we will soldier on we're real troopers, aren't we? We are. You you should be very thankful. Thank us for putting up with this. Oh, are you telling
2: us. that I should be thankful? Like, what for? No,
0: no, no. The listeners. <laughs> they owe us.
2: They do owe us. Give us money.
0: <laughs> we have no formal way of doing that yet, so <laughs> hold up. Anyway, uh, let's start with our spoiler warning. As always, on this episode of Hunting Seasons, we will be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 and 2 of Avatar The Last Airbender. However, we will not be discussing anything from Season 3, even though we have seen it, we're going to avoid that as much as possible. If you have not yet watched Season 1 and 2 of Avatar, you're a crazy person, because you should have, so go and do that, pause the podcast, and come back after. Otherwise, if you want to keep listening, proceed with caution, you have been warned. This season of Avatar The Last Airbender Season 2 was 20 episodes long, each coming in at around 25 minutes, and took us... 8 hours and 17 minutes to watch. Let's Yes, go. it did. <laughs> <laughs> How about giving us a bit of a breakdown of this season to mask?
2: I would love to. Alright, let's get into the story of Season 2. We meet up once more with Aang, Katara and Saka as they join an Earth Kingdom outpost. There, Aang is seen as a great weapon to be utilised by the Earth Kingdom against the Fire Nation. Of course, Aang has no control over the Avatar State and the General in Charge tries every way of bringing it out in him. Finally, he realises that the only way to do that is to harm what Aang loves the most, which is Katara. And the general gets what he wants. Aang hulks out, or in this case, avatars out. And Aang's emotions are a way to access his great power. But it is unruly and dangerous. And untamed power is no way to restore balance to the world. The young avatar still has much to learn. While that's all going on, Uncle Iroh and Prince Zuko are no longer just the dishonoured royals, but instead they're now fugitives. Fire Lord can no longer abide Zuko's continuous failures and orders Princess Azula to capture Zuko and Iroh and return them to the Fire Nation as prisoners. And because of this, Zuko and Iroh are forced into a life of begging, which of course does not sit well with our proud young prince, and he once again dons the mask of the blue spirit to take what he wants. When Uncle Iroh finds out about Zuko's thievery, he's disappointed in his nephew. Zuko understands that it's now time for him to separate from Iroh and find his own path. Aang and his friends are after an earthbending master to teach him what he needs to know. After heeding King Boomy's advice, Aang knows that the right master for him is someone that waits and listens. And this is just the person they discover while attending an earthbending tournament. It's a young girl with incredible ability by the name of Toph. While her aristocratic parents perceive her to be weak and fragile because she's blind, it instead is the source of her great power. She's able to view the world in a way that no other earthbenders can. She must wait and listen to the world around her and in doing so can defeat any earthbenders she comes across. While her parents deny her independence, Toph knows that there is a great big world out there she wants to explore and runs away. And sure, helping the Avatar sounds pretty cool too. Zuko is now alone and trying to find his way. After standing up to a group of Earth Kingdom soldiers who are really just a bunch of thugs, Zuko gains the admiration of a young boy who offers him shelter in his family home. Prince Zuko is able to find a semblance of solace in the simple life with the family, but he is tormented by memories of his childhood. He remembers the kindness of his mother and the coldness and cruelty of his father and sister. Two opposing forces created Zuko, but his mother believes him to be good and kind. But after the mysterious and rather suspicious deaths of both his mother and grandfather, Zuko is left to fend for himself in a nation where empathy and kindness are simply other words for weakness. Beyond his memories, though, Zuko is revealed as a firebender when the young boy who he is now bonded with is in danger. He's now regarded with mistrust and hatred. The crimes of the Fire Nation and his father are not easily forgiven or forgotten by those left in its wake. He will not be able to find solace here. While Aang is busy learning all he can from Toph and Kantara about bending, Sokka knows that they need more than just power, they need a strategy and there's no way to build a strategy without intelligence. After hearing word of a great library, they journey into the desert for any sliver of information that may be helpful in the war against the Fire Nation. Sadly, the library is deep under the earth. Toph and Upper stay above ground as the rest head into the deep. There, they discover that a solar eclipse is coming, and at that time, the Fire Nation will be at its weakest. Buoyed by this new information, the gang is filled with hope. Little do they know that above them, Sand Raiders are attacking and manage to steal Appa. As Team Avatar are reunited, the news of Appa is devastating to all, but nothing compares to the despair and grief of Aang. The group manage to track down the thieves after a gruelling journey through the desert, but sadly they're too late. Upper's already been traded and sent to the city of Ba Sing Se. At hearing this, Aang's emotions get the best of him once again and his rage takes over. It activates the Avatar state and all those around him rightfully run in fear. That is, except for Katara. She's witnessed Aang's heartache through the desert, and having experienced deep loss and hurt herself, she stands by her friend and gives him what he truly needs. Not an outlet for revenge, but kindness, understanding and human connection. They hug, he cries, and the power within is able to be controlled. Meanwhile, Zuko and Uncle Iroh are together once more and decide to head to Ba Sing Se as refugees. They need a new beginning. And of course, our Team Avatar is headed there too. Team Avatar are going to tell the Earth King about the solar eclipse and of course, they'll be rescuing their dear friend Upper as well. But Ba Sing Se is not what it seems though. It's a city not only shielded by its walls, but blinded by them too. While the Outer Rings are filled with the poor and refugees of the war, the Upper Rings are filled with the rich and the powerful who are ignorant to the war and the troubles it will bring. Thanks to the manipulations of Long Fang, the King's advisor, there is no mention of the war at all. Team Avatar battle Long Fang to free Upper as well as to gain access to the King and make him see the true plight of his kingdom and his people. They succeed, of course, with a little help from Zuko. And now that our Avatar family are all together, there's actually no time to pause, The Earth Kingdom must ready itself for the battle ahead and unfortunately it's time for the gang to split up once more. Katara stays to help the Earth Kingdom prepare, Saka goes to see his father and Aang must visit a guru in order to learn how to finally master his emotions and in turn the Avatar state. Aang is a quick study and a bright student. He manages to free all of his chakras but one. His connection to Katara binds his thoughts to the Earth and he's unable to reach enlightenment. As he tries to separate himself from Katara, he sees visions of her captured in Ba Sing Se. How did this happen? Aang doesn't know of course, but Azula and her friends have infiltrated the city and taken control under the guise of being Kiyoshi warriors. As Aang journeys back to the Great Earth City, he picks up Saka and Toph on his way. Reaching Ba Sing Se, they discover the truth and battle the Fire Nation infiltrators. Meanwhile, Zuko and Iroh have been discovered in the city too. This is a crossroads for our tortured prince. What destiny will he choose? To be the restored and honorable prince of the Fire Nation, or to be the righteous ally of the Avatar? Sadly, Prince Zuko chooses the former and aligns with his sister to battle Ang. Uncle Iro defends the Avatar and is dismayed and disappointed with the path his nephew has chosen. Thankfully, Ang, Katara, Sokka, Toph, and the Earth King are able to escape from Ba Sing Se. But as they look back on the city, they lament that it has been lost to the Fire Nation. Where to now for Team Avatar? I guess we'll just have to wait until book three.
0: Cool. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> Epic season. Epic
2: season, yeah. All
0: right. Where should we start?
2: Jeez. <laughs> let's,
0: let's start with new characters, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Because there's, there's, there's a bunch of them, really, but there's two that stand out mm-hmm. that get introduced into this show. Uh, one of the weaknesses, I think, of season one in some ways is that really the only notable female character in that season is... Katara. Katara. Yep. And she's great. She is really great. Mm-hmm. But we do get a infusion straight into the veins of this thing of female characters in this season, starting with Azula and her two friends, Tylee and May. Yeah. What are we? So Azula is the sister of Zuko. We briefly get a glimpse of her and Zuko mentions her in season one. And this season, straight away from episode one, she becomes a potent sort of uh, antagonistic force. What do you think of Azula?
2: I mean, I love Azula. I think she's a very worthy adversary. Not only is she an incredible fighter, and incredibly skilled at fire bending and lightning bending, which yeah. we have we haven't seen that. So, at, that, at well, that's that something I want to get to as well. But mm. there is
0: like the expansion of the powers. I talked in the last season, in the last episode about the first season, about how the rules of, of the bending is really interesting and how I, I like it more than Star Wars because it's more developed than the Force. And this just continues to expand upon it, continues to build. It never cheapens, I don't think. All these things that we come across, are, when they add new things, it, it, it makes sense or it's very, very difficult. Only very skilled people can do it. Um, but Azula is, is a good example. She comes in and she has a blue fire She's the only. Which is ca- awesome. Which is really cool. She's the only firebender in the whole show that we see that has blue fire. And she can lightning bend, which is, it's not a different type. It's it's still firebending, but it's, uh, I think Iroh calls it the cold fire or something like that bending, essentially. It's the idea that. Cold
2: blooded fire or something like something that. Something like
0: yeah. that. Uh, that's an extremely powerful version of firebending that yeah. only very, very skilled and talented people, firebenders, have. Um, and it just adds this whole other sense of menace and power to her mm. that is really really cool.
2: And yeah, so yeah, yeah. Back to the character of Azula. So mm. I I love that she's so capable as a firebender, but I also love that's not all she is. She's also a master manipulator. Mm-hmm. She's a master manipulator, which is amazing. And you and you see that throughout the season where she just kind of plays people like it's a chess game.
0: She is yeah. So she's a great counterpart to Zuko. In that she's basically all the things that Zuko maybe aspires to be, in, in at least in his father's eyes, yeah. Or es- essentially, that what I think, Fire Lord Ozar, Oza, even though we haven't really met him yet, would want Zuko to be. She's yeah. like that. Per- I mean,
2: she's the personification of all of his insecurities.
0: <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Um. And then she's got yeah. Then she's uh, amazingly capable as a fighter, as a firebender, as a strategist. Mm. She's yeah. Yeah, she's just a really, really cool villain to have in the show, and she's entertaining in her own way. I mean, she's very cartoon villainy. Yeah, um, she's got
2: a great dark sense
0: of humor, but, which yeah. I appreciate. But it, they they play it for laughs. They don't. It's not like they don't try it. for drama all the time or melodrama. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they they understand that she can. She's being. It's ridiculous, but they yeah. play it that way, and that is entertaining and fun. And she's a fun villain to have on screen. You what, enjoy I, when she shows I up. I think
2: they figured it. Out how to balance that with her two friends, her two companions that travel with her. Yep. The nice little evil trio.
0: Which is really, and they're really interesting even as characters too mm-hmm, because very. while Azula is very straightforward, like um, cackling, menacing villain mm. evil, Ty Lee, who isn't a bender, actually no. neither of them are. Ty no. Lee nor May are benders, which is cool. We get uh, It I'll actually
2: th- took me like, because I can watch season two for quite a while and I couldn't really remember their abilities, uh, May or Ty Lee. And actually, I didn't realize until quite late in the season that May didn't have fire bending abilities. For some reason, when she was throwing those knives, I
0: imagined them as flames, which was not the case. Weird. Yeah. I, you do need glasses.
2: I do. Yeah. And they cost so much money.
0: Um, but Tai Lee adds another dimension to the whole bending thing. She is a fantastic mm. martial arts person, but she does something. Um, no, I don't think i give it a name in this. It gets a name in Cora. In Right. Uh, it's called chi-blocking. Ben- uh, no, chi um, so, essentially, she's able to attack pressure points on the benders and disable their bending yeah. temporarily. Yeah, that's which right.
2: Yeah, they don't give it a name, but yeah, Katara does. She pretty much labels it as that. As, yeah. Oh, your chi's blocked. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, it, and like, so that's all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, it sort of equalizes... Um, non-benders with benders in a way so she's really cool and she's also personality-wise she's very bubbly and she's like a it's really strange
2: because like her power is actually terrifying yeah but then she is just the cutest sweetest just kind of your stereotypical teenage girl where she just yeah. really cares about like being pretty and like She'll boys like and stuff and, like yeah that. exactly yeah,
0: yeah. And then you've got May, mm. who is like this Daria-esque... Mm, very like, much so. ...completely, co- constantly bored. Yeah. Just goes along with it because it's like, oh, it's, I'd I've rather... I've got nothing
2: better to do. I'll, Why not? Ugh. I'll go
0: hang out with Azula and just be, you know, part of the evil trio because yeah. I'd rather do that than just be home with my parents <laughs> sort of thing. Um, and her ability is basically just, she's just like a master with knives and throwing knives yeah. and stuff. And, but she's also just an entertaining character. And so, as you know, again, they they give. It's amazing how they every different character that comes in, even if they only come in for an episode or two, seems to have a unique personality, a unique look, and a unique fighting style as well, which yeah. is really cool to see. And so, I love those three whenever they're on screen, but particularly Azula is just such a potent force this season. The other character that gets introduced mm-hmm. this season, you excited, bro is the one I've been wanting to talk about since I've thought about making this, you know, doing a series about Avatar, is Toth, mm. who in episode six gets introduced. So Toff is a little girl, little blind girl, who happens to be the most badass mother f- bender Earthbender she's in the, the world. She's
2: the most powerful earthbender in
0: the world. It's fucking crazy. It's so cool. Yeah. And she has, like, her past personality is just no nonsense, like, um, total confidence and, um, yeah, she just, she's really brash and, like, uh, I don't know. She's, like, doesn't care about her hygiene. She's she's the absolute opposite of Katara in so many yeah. ways. Um, I mean,
2: yeah, watching Toph, I just kept thinking, like, God, I wish I had this show when I was a little girl. Because yeah. I was that dirty little tomboy. Absolutely. I right. Was like, oh, God. That's the right yeah. point.
0: Dirty little tomboy is exactly yeah. what it is.
2: Who just doesn't, she just wants to have fun and she has her own, opi- she has very strong opinions yep. and she believes what she believes. She knows who she is and yep. it's amazing to see in a little girl character.
0: In a little girl character, a little blind girl character. Yeah. And it's not that she is without. She's not perfect either. She definitely oh, has no, no, her no. insecurities. And the biggest one being that as capable as she is, her parents p- think she's delicate and mm-hmm. and fragile and well, I mean, constantly I, fighting against that with her parents. Yeah. or this impression that she is helpless. Um, I
2: mean, I think even when I was saying, you know, she had such strong opinions and stuff, that's not necessarily a positive trait. Because no. a lot of the time... That really gets in the way of her connecting with
0: people. Absolutely. Yeah. Particularly with the other three. Particularly yes. with Katara, but particularly with the other mm. three uh, members of the Yang Gang. Um, yeah, that she is so self-reliant that she really doesn't know how to be helpful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she's just... She's really, really entertaining to watch. She's really funny. I just... I don't know. I, I can't help it. Like, I just feel like gushing. I can't even articulate it properly. I just love... The moment she gets <laughs> in... Like, in put into the show. I think the show, I don't know. That's that's for me is like when the show... Becomes, I think it certainly
2: I mean, elevates the, the show. It
0: instantly it's just um, that much cooler.
2: Yeah. It. it re- having another bender on the team is really helpful when they're obviously up against such powerful forces yep. that you kind of believe that they, are, they have their own strength and you can see how people would be wary of fighting an avatar or how those battles are balanced with that. But I also think, you know, she brings, like you said this earlier, her and Saka's relationship brings a lot of comedy. Really? And much. then there's moments with her and Katara where she's able to show a softer side and then we see just a nice female friendship kind of slowly develop,
0: yep, which is totally. nice. yeah. And even what she brings to Aang. So one of my favourite mm. episodes of the season... Twinkle Toes. Twinkle Toes, yeah, <laughs> is the episode Bitter Work. So the whole idea about why mm. Toph joins the gang is that Aang needs a... Earthbending teacher. Yeah. And he's given the clue in by Boomy that you know you should find someone who listens and wait waits and listens to the earth. Um, and what's cool about that a bit of work is a great example of what she can teach Aang that Aang doesn't already have. He's he's a very talented bender anyway. He picks up water bending pretty quickly. Um, he's already a fantastic airbender. We can already tell he can firebend bend a little bit, even though he doesn't want to right now. Earthbending is a real struggle for him because it's the cu- type of Thinking or the type Mm. of personality it takes—the
2: exact opposite of who he is—is the opposite of everything Mm. he is.
0: So Toph teaching him to tackle things head on and not do the Airbender thing, which is to avoid and evade all the time. Yeah, I just I love that it brings this whole other element. But they can still work together as a team and like they complement each other in that way.
2: Like I feel like that's the whole lesson really of Avatar is how to. Not only combine different facets of who you are, mm-hmm. but just the different facets that belong in your family or community or whatever it might be, the whole and world just around being you. having the ability to see the strength in everyone and everything, and everything has a balance.
0: In this episode, the same episode, this is the episode where uh, Iro is going to try and teach. I, I think initially he's going to try and teach lightning bending to Zuko, yes, but yes. then decides that he's not really up for that, but he can teach him how to channel another mm. uh, lightning. So, he can basically avoid being hurt by yes. it. Um, and in that, in before they start that lesson, he talks about the four nations and the four elements, the earth, mm. fire, air and water. And he talks about that exact thing and that he learnt this, that Iroh developed this technique for channeling lightning through his body in a way by by watching the water benders.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: And I love that. I love that, like yeah, it just it adds complexity and it adds... It just makes this world feel more real and mm-hmm. whole and connected. It has a real philosophy
2: to it, which is wonderful. I actually had a little question about how Iroh is, you know, so much about balance and all of these things. And he's, you know, he's connected to the spirit world and he's kind of like a little philosopher really walking mm-hmm. around. It's conflicting to me then for him to have been such a high-ranking officer in... In the army in the past, sure. and actively trying to destroy other civilizations. Really,
0: um, it's yeah, it's it's never. Do you re- think it
2: happened like because his son died and that made him it's, change?
0: It's possible that that was a that was a turning point for him. Yeah. What's interesting is the only tiny glimpse we get of Iro, um, as the general is a bit where he's writing a letter. Writing a letter, yeah. He's writing a letter back to Zuko and Azula and their mother um, about what's happening at the wall. And he's basically broken, just broken through the wall at Ba Sing Se, um, which turns later into his greatest defeat, basically. Um, at that stage, we know he's still quite a jolly person. Yeah, he's person.
2: definitely still got his sense of humour. Yeah,
0: but we don't necessarily know whether he's got that... Deep, philosophical, what his, yeah, spiritual... What ideology ed- is, exactly, yeah, yeah true. And it's, I'll be honest with you, it, it's never really... It's explored his past, which is a shame because I would love to see. Mm. Oh, that would be if, great great... Oh, if there idea. was a
2: series just about Uncle Iroh, mm. oh, I would so
0: watch that. It's one of the actually the only things in this series that might not get delved into as much as it should be. Um, a little bit more backstory on even Iroh and Ozai's brothers would be really fascinating, mm. I think. Um, because we haven't got there yet, but there's a bunch of stuff about... Avatar Roku. There's a whole episode dedicated to Roku next season that is one of the best in the series. But, I don't remember that episode. Oh, it fleshes out the whole... it Like, again, it just takes this... What's already an epic and huge story and just expands on it again. It just right. adds another layer where you're just mm. like, wow, this is so well thought out. And like, ah, oh, it's, 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 it's a story that is much bigger than just what's happening now. It's at least 100 years of story going on here. And when you go back and you wait till this Roku episode... Um. So, yeah, so it, a lot of this stuff does get fleshed out. Iro's doesn't for some reason. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. He may have already been like that, but but just felt that the fire nation, what they were, maybe they felt... Because sometimes I think in these things you get justified in thinking you're bringing... Think of what the US and even Australia does when we go to places like the Middle East. We're bringing we're,
2: democracy, Yeah. Exactly, the
0: idea of bringing democracy, that you're sort of like...
2: Now let's destroy your way of
0: life. Yeah, changing yeah. your culture to be ours because ours is better. Mm. And I think that they're... I think it's possible to maybe think that's the right idea at one stage in your life and then maybe learn a bit more and change that as well. It's possible what, that he felt morally yeah. right in doing so. It, I'll be honest, it's not explained. But it's a yeah. good question. Mm. I would love I would love to see that story.
2: Even if it's just a comic, I would buy that. if There's like an Iro comic. There might
0: thing. even be one out there that yeah, I'm not aware right. of. Because there were a few that were coming out during the series, I think, as well. And there's been a lot more since. But yeah. God, that's it.
2: such a testament to the show they've created and the world they've built is that because generally in a shows happening and there's a pretty important important main plot running through mm-hmm. and when they deviate from that I get really frustrated in a season cuz I'm sure. like no I want to get back to it I would happily <laughs> any kind of deviation in this season and I think probably in seasons to come I, I like I'm so invested I want to know as much about this world its history that I possibly can
0: I I think that it is again a testament to the writing as you were saying that mm. anytime they do that though they have an amazing way of making it feel connected to the main plot. It's relevant. It's all relevant. It is relevant. And it
2: informs what we go back to in the main plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: It, It somehow, yeah, informs our characters or informs the world in a way that it's like, oh, that was really valuable knowledge. And I know more and understand more because of it. Yeah. So at this stage, I think water bending is quite cool. Air is quite cool. Fire bending we've seen a lot of. Earth bending we've seen a bit of, but it's never really been super inspiring. Just I think kind of
2: bowlers and stuff. Like meh. That's yeah.
0: generally what it is. It ends up being people throwing rocks. Yeah. Um, and then Toph comes in and is just working on a whole other level. She makes earth bending. Mm. There's the reason I want to be an earthbender. I think as I'm, I'm an earthbender is because of Toph. Yeah. Right. She just. uh it's so creative and fun and interesting and impressive mm. and it's. Mm. Yeah, I think mm. a great
2: difference of the kind of earthbending that we see is in the episode of The Drill, where we just see, you know, the regular earthbending people yeah. at the top of the wall just throwing rocks. Yeah. And then we see Toph and Aang being really creative yeah. and that's how they destroy the enemy, is seeing the full way their, their bending can be used um, and utilised.
0: The, the episode, I think it's episode 18, The Earth King, Mm. Where they've basically they've resolved a big major plot point, and then the they're like, okay, we need to get to the Earth King. We need to talk to the Earth King about yes. this plot to destroy the Fire Nation, basically. And they have to fight their way through the palace, mm. and everyone's working together, and it's really awesome. Katara is kick ass, and Aang is kick ass, and Toph's just walking in and just <laughs> just like putting up like wall after wall to block Earthbenders or yeah. like pin them against walls. I feel like a lot like, of times
2: she really <sighs> is the muscle. Like, she's the brawn and she's just kicking
0: ass. Did you know, this is not in the text, so it's not necessarily something we should talk about too much, but right. did you know that initially Toph was not going to be the character that she is? Toph no. was going to be a brawny male. Like, she was going to be like right. an older, okay. slightly older teenage guy that was just like rippling muscles and all that sort right. of stuff. Bit of a buff head? Basically, yeah. He was meant, like, even the name Toph was possibly applied to this guy. He was meant to be like tough, tough right? Yeah, and that was just, right, of he was just going to be that character. And I don't know when it happened or when they decided to change it. Do you know why? Fucking genius move. Why they changed yeah. it? I think they just realised they had a better idea. More interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll try and look into that. But yeah, he. I think you can even see... What a great change. ...theoretically what that design was. At the start of the show, that they go through the four elements, right? Airbending there is Aang. The waterbender is uh, Master Paku. Mm-hmm. The firebender is Azula. And the earthbender in that is theoretically what Toph might have looked like.
2: Oh. what male Ooh, Toph would have been. Right. Because you can
0: recognise the other three, but, you, but the, the male one is a nobody. Yeah. And okay. it's interesting, the waterbender was Master Paku. Master Parku was the water, the teacher that originally taught them mm. sort of water. Now it's Katara, but, but so the idea yeah. was that these were sort of going to be, yeah, somehow playing to that. And so, yeah, so you can sort of see the remnants of that character design. Anyway.
2: That's really interesting. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for that tidbit.
0: That's cool. All right. So they're the main two people that introduced this season, yeah. Azula and Toth. What about our main characters? What about Aang? Let's talk about uh, Aang for a second, his journey. Mm. Um, one of the things I love about what they do this season, you sort of you mentioned it in your uh, recap. Yeah. Episode one, they go and touch on something that I think is a really important move. At the end of the last season, the Avatar seems pretty OP. He's just mm. wiped yeah, out definitely. the entire uh, Fire Nation Navy, basically, as they're attacking the Northern Water Tribe. And it kind of looks like he's kind of unstoppable. Like, if he can use the Avatar state, then what's stopping him? He's just like
2: an atomic bomb walking around, yeah. Pretty much.
0: And so the episode one of this season is we need to get to the, you know, learn earthbending.
2: Let's acknowledge that he's just a giant weapon, yeah.
0: And let's talk talk about this and what that really means. And so they get to this point where they realise that, A, he can't control it. And the only way that he can't, because he can't activate it, it's unreliable. When he does use it, he's dangerous as... He's crazy dangerous. yeah. And, you know, lots and lots of friendly fire gets in the way of that one. Um, But also in that episode, Roku comes to him in a vision and says that if you... Explains the avatar state. Explains that when he's in that mode... That's
2: right. That's a big reveal. It's a big
0: deal. What's happening is he's channeling the knowledge of all the previous avatars before him. And that if he were to die in that state, the avatar line is broken. So, basically, if he died, he wouldn't reincarnate Such into... Such a big an ex- consequence. And it's, it's great. so huge. So, all of a sudden, you've got A, it's important that he can't use this all the time because it's too dangerous to use. Not just in terms of its destructive power, but that it actually makes you vulnerable as well. Yeah. And that's a really, really cool mm-hmm. thing. Now, is it a bit of a retcon? Mm-hmm. Possibly.
2: Probably, but very clever. But I don't care. very
0: smart. And, and very,
2: like, kind of integral because otherwise... Yeah, every fight. Just be like, well, go into the Avatar state. What exactly, are you doing? Exactly.
0: Yep. Exactly right. Um, so, that's I thought that was really cool. And then mm-hmm. his Aang's journey over this season is very interesting too. We talked about last season how he starts out very immature and he's sort of dealing with the guilt of all the, the, the despair of, of losing his culture and the guilt of sort of like running away and what that's done to the world since. This season, there's a few things going on. One, he's trying to figure out what, how basically what their next move against the Fire Nation is. That sort of, it gets channeled into the whole Day of Black Sun, the eclipse that's coming up, mm. where he loses Arpa, or he's learning oh earthbending, God. which is yeah. the next step for him at becoming the Avatar. He loses Arpa, mm. and we see him really, really struggling with his emotions. Actually, yeah. that sort of ends up being, that's the theme of that That is Aang's Aang. journey. Is him trying to deal and control his emotions mm-hmm. as the Avatar as just a human being, basically. Yeah,
2: it's really about... Because Aang obviously has such a great capacity for connection and love. Mm -hmm. So, the cost of that connection to others, the emotions that causes and and how to balance that and the power of being the
0: Avatar. Absolutely. Um, And the responsibility that has, yeah, that Mm. he is sort of like... So, one of the weaknesses for him ends up being, uh, uh, well, I'm going to skip ahead to something I want to talk about a little bit later, but the idea of the love story that takes place throughout, the Yeah, I want right? you to bring
2: that up as well. Because I think yeah. this is
0: really interesting. It, it's so cliche to have our main character and the first girl he meets in the series, he's they're full in love, basically, right? Yeah. And this stage, it's not really clear exactly what Katara's feelings towards Aang are. Sometimes they seem very just brother and sister. Sometimes they feel like maybe they're more romantic. It's not super clear at this stage what she feels in the whole situation. But he, we very much know that he has feelings for Katara. Um, And, like, that's cute and everything. But what's great, I think, in this series is they actually make it mean something. There are consequences. Yes, absolutely. Um, His connection to Katara is what stops him from being able to control the Avatar state. And potentially is what's stopping him from fulfilling... His duties as the Avatar. Mm-hmm. And so, even though... And so, he has this conversation with the Guru, right? So, later in... It's like episode 19. He goes to see this Guru, <coughs> Yoda. Um, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's about to basically, yeah, you said, reach enlightenment and be able to control the Avatar state. And he says, you have to disconnect yourself from your feelings for Katara, and he's like, well, wait a second. Three chakras ago, you're telling me that love and my connection was a good thing. Yeah. And this conflict and this hypocrisy that exists in the philosophy that's going to make him powerful and mm. make him a good avatar. Yeah. It goes against everything that he believes just as a, a human being. And like it's, his friendship is obviously so important. It's got him so far. Mm. I, I love that. It's so complex. There's no easy answer to this and question.
2: Yeah. I find a really interesting take on it. Because generally when we're talking about you know people who are chosen ones and the people they love mm-hmm. it's usually seen as that connection to others and that love for others is what emboldens them it's yep. a source of their power um i think of like harry potter and when he's like talking to voldemort he's like sure. you know i feel sorry for you because you'll never love or whatever it is um and that's where he gets his strength from whereas ang has to confront the idea that loving people and holding on to material things and almost when you love people in that way there there is a s- sense of possessiveness or just possessions and the material you, yeah. world yeah. yeah um and Aang has to battle with the idea that love is important and it exists but pure love it, it just has it has to flow i guess like a chakra and you just have to be able to let it go yeah. and not let it completely attached to you and just have it as something that flows in and out of you I guess yeah yeah so yeah I I can't really because I can't really remember the final season but I'm really excited to see where that goes and where that ideology is where they take it how how they explore that
0: well they even start to explore it in this one in the last episode um, the, our Zuko Iroh – actually sort of, well, Iroh meets up with the Aang gang and starts asks them for help, basically, yeah. because Zuko's been, I think, taken by... he captured, captured by, by, Azula. by Azula. And so there's a great scene with Aang and Iroh under the ground. Like,
2: That's right, and they're having that
0: little conversation. And he asks him, he goes, like, you're a wise guy. Apparently you give good advice. What, what am I meant to do in this situation? And Iroh says, well, listen, I think you're very wise. I would have chosen love over... Disconnection as well.
2: Disconnection and power, yeah.
0: And it's like, and it's great that the show can have both those ideas in there, though. That it, it, it fully yeah, says it wasn't that like, neither oh, of them is right or that's wrong. That's thing.
2: It wasn't like, oh, Aang's made the wrong decision. He's yeah. being selfish. It's like, no, that's the human yeah. decision. That's Aang as the person he is and not what has come before him yeah. and those responsibilities, yeah.
0: And it's just, oh, yeah, I just, I find that whole, yeah, I love that they can, that the show doesn't have to have a completely solid black and white answer to these questions that though that the guru and Iro can be right and that ang can be right and wrong with whichever decision he chooses as well there is ah oh, i love that it's that complex and that interesting yeah, i
2: i just love that their ideas they're not full stop ideas yep. it's a discussion this series it's a discussion about ideas which i love
0: what you were saying as well about how normally our hero you know that Especially like Harry Potter is a good example where yeah. his source of power is his friends. Mm. This is, it's almost that conflict of Western philosophy versus Eastern yeah, philosophy. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Because that Eastern philosophy comes through in Star Wars as well, where mm. very similarly, uh, when, because uh, this is the Empire comparison here, he, Luke sees a vision of Han being tortured, he goes to cloud city and leaves his training with Yoda, and Yoda says, "Like if you leave now, you're going to stuff up your training. Basically, you will lose to Vader.
2: It's exactly the same. It's
0: exactly the same. Yeah, exactly the same. yeah. Uh, we'll, I'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. But the but that's an eastern that's an eastern philosophy again versus yeah, and Harry Potter that wouldn't be the case at all. It would have. To, I, I love that they can have both those things, and that's a real testament to the show that it can. Yeah, it can. Yeah, I don't know. It's a cool combination of both those philosophies. I think it's got that both perspectives in there.
2: No, yeah, because they're such big ideas, I'm just kind of sitting here pondering. I'm like, can I mean, I, I mean, I don't know a lot about Eastern philosophy at all other than you know, I've got a few Buddhist friends and that kind of thing, but it's mm. all a little too complex. but the idea of somehow, because me being a Westerner happiness is really important. Sure. Um, and the balance of or not even balance, or the deciding between detachment and happiness.
0: It's, well, it's, it's, I th- I, I don't want to speak on anyone's behalf or any, for any philosophy here because I don't know it that well either, mm. but it's a complex thing where I think there's different ideas of happiness. And some, some things work with me and some things don't. And the idea of, of not being materialistic and not being attached to material things makes sense to me that if you live a simpler life, you are more likely to be content and yeah therefore that's the thing, happy,
2: content- contentment right as opposed to like the western idea of happiness yeah
0: which can sometimes mean ha- like i think you look at like christmas these days right so consumerism it's about things mm. it's about presents and stuff like that and i like the certainly the philosophy that the less i can be attached to material things that the more content and happy i'll be with a simpler life mm. but i also find that really interesting that that somehow applies to connection to people because i would have thought that's the mm. i would have thought you could have Uh, be detached from the material world but still have attachment to other people and and that would be happiness and contentment too. I would have... But then again, that's like... I'm not trying to say I know these philosophies. Yeah, I think... It's just an interesting discussion.
2: with the Western philosophy, I guess, our pursuit of happiness as though it could ever be some sort of constant state, which I guess is that other idea of like trying to hold on to something. Mm -hmm, Whereas, mm -hmm. once again, I'm speaking very ignorantly about it. But whereas... In Eastern philosophy it's all about, yeah, the flow of things and things come and go and you just have to kind of there's passivity there about that. Acceptance and acceptance. And
0: you know, make with it what you can, you know, Mm -hmm. turn whatever situation you're in into as positive as much as you can and just sort of go with the flow, yeah. Yeah. Definitely simplifying (laughs) super complex (laughs) ideas we don't know what we're talking about. Our ignorance
2: insulted anyone. We're just trying to talk about ideas, which I think is but how a great cool gift is it the show? that this yeah. show
0: can actually you know make you think those things. Mm. I think that's the a children's coolest.
2: cartoon on Nickelodeon. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So that's that's uh, Ang to some degree. That's the the situation he's in. Mm. Uh, Saka, his main stuff this season is a he develops more and more as the strategist. Yes. Um, strategist. strategist. Thank you. The strategist, or sort of the the in a way, sort of the the military leader of the group. You know, he's got that. He's yeah, I mean, one.
2: he even says, like, why do I always have to be the one who comes up with ideas? Because they really do look to him for yes. that kind of guidance. Yeah.
0: And it's cool. That's, um, I don't think he's, yeah, he, his place, even though he's not a bender in, in the team, is, you know, very solid. Um, he's also got the interesting, the little bits we get with him sort of internally have a lot to do with the fallout from UA's death at the end of season one. Yeah. And then what his ongoing relationship with Suki, who comes into this for an episode in the middle of the season. I fucking love Suki, by the way. I mean, I, mean, I, I know... Like, I have a crush on her.
2: That's the thing. I know she's probably meant to be like 14 whatever, <laughs> but I'm in love with Suki. I want to marry I think she's perfect.
0: She's amazing. I love her and so And I love much. her and Saka together.
2: Oh, it's so beautiful. But yeah, no, I appreciate um, the journey of Saka. Although, you know... I could always go with it a bit more into the how do you deal with loss and almost like survivors guilt yeah. when someone you love dies but you know you still have to be alive and you still have to move on yeah and when you know life presents itself to you what do you do do you keep on living yeah. can you deal with the guilt how do you deal with that guilt oh yeah it's really heavy stuff but it's and they only kind of it's just literally that just, one episode. Yeah, it's it's that one episode, It's that one scene, really, in front of the moon, when like that. That. Then like, no,
0: I think it's the whole episode. He sees Suki, and then he keeps being overprotective. Yeah, of that's her. true. That's true. And yeah, so he keeps e- right. every any possible instance that Suki mm. might, be, even though she's super capable. Yeah. Um, and I
2: also love that he acknowledges that oh, he's like, like, I know you're I know, capable. I know, and he's yeah. aware of what he's great, doing. Yeah.
0: but he's just. He doesn't want to make the mistake he made with... Mm. The mistake, in inverted commas, he made with UA. Yeah. Even if there's nothing he could have done about no, that. No, of course not. But it doesn't make, stop him feeling that way. And then you have that beautiful scene that you're talking about where mm. where Suki is sort of trying to initiate something, a romantic yeah. moment, and then he stops and he says he can't. And there's no specific mention. He mentions that he lost someone he couldn't protect. Mm. He doesn't say who or what's going on. It's that visual it's just,
2: language that you talk so much about. It's, it's
0: that. It's so good, mm. and it's just the two of them coming together, and then stopping, and in the background behind them is the moon. The moon, and you there. know that that's UA, and it's yeah. like it's it's. Oh, I'm getting tingles thinking about this. Yeah. I really am. I love this. I love this show. Well,
2: yeah, you and I were having breakfast with a friend of ours just yesterday, and earlier in the conversation, you had said how like Avatar's not the kind of show that you can just randomly like jump in j- on. Jump in on. And that's a perfect example because I was like, yeah, in that scene, you would never be able to figure out that the moon is a character <laughs> <laughs> or a love interest. Exactly. You know? But yeah, no, that, that scene is beautiful. That episode is really lovely. And, and the way
0: that ends as well, where yeah. he finally kisses Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's the main stuff for Saka and just, I don't know, him. He he's uh, uh, The other thing for him, I guess, is that he's the one who discovers and figures out actually the idea that the eclipse is going to be their moment to take on the Fire Nation. Yeah, because he's the strategist. He
2: realised they need intelligence and he's the one like, we need to go and do this. We need yeah. some sort of guide as to like what we're going to do.
0: And it's pretty cool that a character that starts off just being the buffoon, the boyish, like, oh, girls are icky and I need to be a protector, can, has, he now really values intelligence yes. and what it means to be smart and to think things through and be creative yeah. and inventive. He's great. I love what they're mm. doing with Saka. He keeps to grow and just get more interesting, and he's yeah. still freaking hilarious. Yes. He's still constantly. It's, it amazes me that funny. they
2: they balance that. The fact that um you know even that conversation where he's like oh we need intelligence and then Katara goes yeah let's go look for Saka's intelligence. Like he's seen as still a buffoon, yeah. but when it comes down to it, he yeah he's great at inventive thought and he can do that and he can make a plan.
0: I love also the scene. He gets to meet up with Hakoda, his dad, in the Mm. second to last episode as well. And there's just Mm. this great little bonding moment between the two of them. You instantly understand the connection when they're talking about this bomb, this thing to take down ships. Stink bomb, yeah. The stink and sink. Yeah. And it's like, and so... (laughs) And like his dad is obviously inventive and yeah. Saka laughs like, ha yeah. that's a good one, Dad. Yeah. And then coda's uh, like friend, yeah. is just like, you're definitely your father's yeah. son. And it's just like, instantly you're like, mm. oh, I understand. Yeah, the they're smart,
2: but they're cheeky. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, uh, great. it's great. <laughs> and then Katara this season, what's sort of her main thing going on this season? I
2: think we saw her emerge as a real leader. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who is able to... Rally people has great emotional strength, mm-hmm. um, and also a huge capacity for empathy.
0: Well, yeah, especially towards the end of the season, mm. we get a, well, we get a couple of good moments. We get the episode of the chase, um, which is a big uh, conflict between Toph and Katara.
2: Yeah, right.
0: Where yes, that's right. they're yep. sort of Katara is very much about everyone helping and mm-hmm. like contributing equally. And toff is like, I can just do this on my own. You guys do your thing. I'll do mine. Yeah. And then butting heads. And we see Katara losing her cool, which doesn't yeah. happen very often, um, which is interesting. And then she
2: thinks you know, like kindness and like calmly, but rationally talking to someone is always the way to go. And when someone yeah. doesn't respond to that, she doesn't know what to do. And I can relate is, to
0: that. They're, they're, that's not entirely true. In the, I love in a moment in, again, the, the Blind Bandit, the episode where mm. Tom is introduced, where they ask these guys where the earthbending tournament is. And oh the my guys God, go, Oh, that. it's on the island of Nanya. None your business. <laughs> yeah. and Saka laughs at that. Um, <laughs> and Katara's like, I'll, I'll go find them with my, you know, uh, the girl has her ways. Yeah. And she comes back. Little winged camera, yeah. Yeah. And it's <laughs> so like good. she goes off screen and comes back and she knows where it is. And then we get a scene of them, those two boys just frozen against yeah. a wall. And then later, when they see them again, <laughs> they go to ask another question and she just steps forward. And yeah. They're like, ah.
2: yeah. <laughs> but I think there's a difference between.
0: <laughs> yeah, <that's it.
2: laughs> there's a difference between those characters who are just like, they're bullies. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Toph, who she knows sure. to be, you know, she wants to do the right thing. She wants to be a good person. She wants to be part of Team Avatar. Sure, sure. But she's just a very different personality. Yeah. And Katara doesn't know how to deal with that kind of personality.
0: And until she learns obviously. until she does yeah. and they draw a connection over mm-hmm. time and there's the in the the tales of basing say episode mm. they have a nice little vignette yes where they toff gets a little uh, vulnerable she's a little worried about her appearances because mm. she hears from these bullies again and um, I hate bullies. Yeah, but so does Avatar, which is yeah, great. which
2: is why I probably love this show so <laughs> yeah. much.
0: Um, and they make fun of her because of her makeup that she's had put on in a yeah. day spa, basically. And they have a little moment, and Katara reassures mm. her that you know that she doesn't have to worry yeah. about the thing that she's yeah, it doesn't born. matter.
2: But you know, you, are, you pretty. are pretty.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go there for a second, just a little off course. Mm-hmm. There are there's this huge injection of female characters this season. Yeah. Do you think they always do a good job of representing? the female perspective or or adding that i the female element sometimes i feel like they're playing to some real stereotypes oh and they, they do, absolutely do and they do it with the boys as well to a degree i think it's done a little better though there's a couple of times i'd actually quite like when saka and ang are being kind of boyish yeah when they get just to be the, the lads for a bit yeah that's very that cute quite, that works quite well and sometimes the girls come across as a little bit shallow because of that though it might be my biggest criticism of the season yeah
2: no for the most part, I think they do a really good job, and a much better job than a lot of other shows. However, there are moments, and one is sticking out in my mind in particular, in which um, so Azula, May, and Ty, Lee. Ty Lee are fighting uh, the warriors of Kyoshi. Yep. And I think it's Ty Lee is so there's, there's, something about their makeup. Anyway, they're. they're they're fighting. They're all warriors.
0: They're all women in that scene and too, all which is women, pretty cool. which is cool. I mean, that, that, let's establish that. There's stuff like that is awesome. Yeah, like. great,
2: absolutely. Um, but but there is a focus on their makeup. Yeah. And what they're wearing. Yeah. Um, and how pretty they are. Yeah. When they're fighting each other, yeah. which is, I get that is that kind of girl and there's nothing wrong with being that kind of girl. It, I don't have a problem with people who love makeup, who want to get dress, dressed up and love boys. No worries. But they're, <laughs> they're fighting, they're warriors and it just, it's made it seem like a cat fight, which I didn't like.
0: You're right though that it's generally, maybe that's that's the thing that helps it to, helps to nullify the negativity of it is that it's mainly just Ty Lee. And we've got these other, we've got Azula, we've got and we've got yeah. Toph and Katara who don't really represent that side of things at all. Yeah. Sure, Katara has crushes on Jet here and there and stuff yeah. like that. But they, you know, they're, they're not done in a mm. particularly fawnish, girly way. Ty Lee is particularly, inverted commas again, girlish in yeah. that sense. Um, but it, it's always Ty Lee, I think. Because the other thing she does, she's the one that keeps talking about how is cute. She's like, don't you think it's kind of <laughs> cute? <And they laughs> I mean, like I feel like she says
2: that. that about every boy. It's like, hmm. Yeah,
0: maybe, but is it? But is it? If it was every girl doing that, that would be a real problem. But maybe because it, mm. it's mainly almost exclusively Thai Yeah, that's true. okay. Yeah, and like again, you can be that kind of girl. There's nothing big with that kind of girl. Yeah, she's also kick ass. Yeah, and true. F- like scary. I think, I think it just
2: <laughs> bothered me that it was happening during a fight. Sure, and it made it. It put that element of cat fight on it. Sure. When, like, women fight, it's not just a fight. It's a cat fight, which I don't like. But it's such a minuscule thing. And generally, it's such a pro-woman show mm-hmm. that it, it doesn't really bother me. Like, yep. it's... Yeah, it's fine.
0: Cool. Excellent. Um, all right. So, we got through Aang, Katara, Saka. Let's get to Zuko and Iroh, mm. which is probably, like like there was already our favourite bit but this season is so freaking good I wrote I had sort of after episode 10 mm-hmm. I wrote a little thing in my notes um, just trying to explain how cool and complex the Zuko stuff is I'm mm-hmm. just going to read it now and see if this makes sense again like last thing if it doesn't work I'm going to cut it okay as a child Zuko is generally empathetic and much more like his mother right Azula the opposite making her Ozai's favourite Zuko's mother disappears, and he is left without the, that maternal figure. Uh, Iroh steps in to sort of be more like his mother, and Zuko again shows his compassion for disagreeing. I, I, Zuko again shows his passion when he disagrees with the strategy um, of the Fire Nation to use shot soldiers as bait. This gets him banished, and he loses the favor of his father even more. He spends the next two years trying to regain his honor, learning to push aside this nature, this natural compassion, and become more ruthless like his father or Azula. Iroh can see this is not his true self and his damage, or scars, which is very, I think, important, have turned him into his tor- this tortured soul. Still, occasionally, his compassion shines through, even as he struggles to contain it. His constant It's a constant story of Zuko not being able to do right. He tries to be ruthless, and he loses. He tries to be compassionate, example, Zuko alone, when he's trying to help this Earth Nation yeah. town, and then the moment his firebending comes out, they turn against him, and he loses again. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and he's shunned for being a firebender, so he loses again. The constant frustration boils to the surface in bitter work. And he has this moment where he is learning or trying to learn to either uh, lightning bend or to channel, do the channeling lightning move. And he gets to the top of this mountain and just shouts into the void. Just, you're like, just come on, strike me down, throw everything at me, life. Yeah. You've never... It's never stopped you before. Yeah, it's like... And you can just feel he's so frustrated about confused. how much he has
2: to take things and take things. And, you know, he wants that power back so he can give it, yeah. Uh,
0: it, but I wanted to bring up something that you said last time. You talked about the harsh... That Zuko's harsh nature might have come from his culture. Mm. And I think that's true to agree. I, yeah. I, at the time, I thought you meant the Fire Nation, but maybe you mean more his... I family think, yeah, culture his with family. his father and that yeah. Because I don't think that's and, necessarily and innate in the Fire Nation completely. No, it's
2: within their leadership and their military it was more where I
0: was... They're sort of the Slytherins. In that scene, <laughs> in that yeah. episode, he breaks down, he can sort of feel like, oh, the airbenders are Hufflepuffs and blah, blah, blah. Because um, everything has to be Harry Potter in my head. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's definitely got to do... It's it's more about his father and what he is told he has to do to have his honour versus his innate goodness. And that... that thing that comes from his mother. And it's, I, I don't know, it, it's been, this is like my third or fourth time watching the series through and it's never been more clear how great that Zuko's struggle is and how yeah. well articulated. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I love it. I love uh, it. I love it.
2: I love it as well. And I think Zuko's, like, I it actually makes me really emotional. I'm, about, I'm the about same. Zuko's journey. And I think because his mother told him that he was good, mm-hmm. which is an external influence telling him who he is. And then he's got his father and, you know, that kind of, that negative culture telling him who he is, which is like cold and just any like means justify the ends. And there's a moment where Iroh, I can't he's, it's in that one of those little vignettes in tales of Ba Sing Se. Yeah. Um, and Iroh is speaking to the man that was trying to rob him and he's like, (laughs) yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to think about this episode, I'm going to cry as well. Yeah, yeah, I I almost did. Um, And he says to that man, he's like, you know, believing in yourself is really important. But, you know, sometimes a little help help is good. Yeah, is good. Um, So, I think Zuko has always had external help to figure out who he is yeah. whether it be Iro telling Iro or his mother telling him he's good or his father and his sister telling him that he, he's cold or whatever it might be or that he needs to be that way and I think the journey of Zuko will reach where it needs to be and I'm saying this because I can't remember the last oh season, trust but me oh is, trust me if yeah. anything
0: happens Zuko's story pays off yeah perfectly but
2: it is that self-belief it has to be based in understanding who you are cuz he can like be good in that episode where he's like helping the earthbenders and stuff and then he shows another side of himself and then they're like no you're bad and he's like yeah. yeah no you're right i am bad but if you like if you truly understand who you are and your own worth and your own values then it doesn't matter what other people are saying and i think that's Zuko's journey. And he's obviously not there yet because he's no. so easily swayed. He's still but so confused. But yeah, but that's where he needs to be. It's yeah, it's so external, and that's why the internal struggle is so hard because he can't see past other people's opinions to ever be able to see himself properly.
0: It's it's interesting where he goes. From, so that moment is sort of the middle of the season. This mm. moment of him mm-hmm. yelling into the into the void, basically. And then he goes, him and Iroh go to Basting Se as refugees, they're pretending to be earthbenders. And they're trying to just settle down, basically. And Zuko's sort of struggling with that. He feels like
2: it's all about destiny and something important yeah. out there is waiting for him. And he, and once again, this external influence has told him what his destiny is meant to be, mm-hmm. and he's struggling with letting that go.
0: And and then eventually he gets forced to act again. And he then he, the avatar shows up, and he realizes that once again, like his destiny is sort of like there, waiting for him to take hold of. And he goes to. Basically, take Arpa, yeah. Because um, the we find out that he was ends up in Ba Sing Se and taken by Longfin and the um, what are they called again, the Dai Li. Dai Li, which yeah. is a whole other thing we haven't even got into yet. The Dai Li and yeah. the other thing that's <laughs> happening at the Earth Kingdom and how the politics are yeah. going on. They're ba really Sing interesting. Ba
2: Sing Se is apparently North Korea, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, and like oh, we'll we'll, we'll go to that in a moment mm. after we get through Zuko and Iroh because that's I think it's really interesting that yep. whole stuff in Ba Sing Se. Um, but then, Iro's there and. and and he decides to let up go and then he has this episode where he's like ill and he's going as Ira puts he's going through this metamorphosis. yeah and he comes out the other side this happy and content person mm. and' it's, it's interesting because it seems a little too easy it seems a little too yeah like but then Azula shows up and like offers him, listen, you help me. we've got everything working for us. we can take down the avatar, you will be back in your father's favor. you will go home a hero. And he has to choose in that moment whether to, to help the Avatar or whether to help Azula. And he ultimately chooses Azula, and is the whole reason they lose that fight. That the Avatar and the Aang gang lose that fight. Yeah. And and all that progress that seems to have happened gets stripped away in a moment. And even, I just, there's the way they animate his face. There's a moment when he turns and starts send, shooting fire at Aang. And you can see in his face he's not really sure still. Yeah, like he's not completely convinced. He he's doing it because he thinks it's the right thing, but it's still not. He's still not one hundred percent sure. And it's oh, it's heartbreaking <laughs> um, watching him do it.
2: Yeah, and it, yeah, it's kind of reflective of another little philosophy that Iro has is you might not be able to see the end of the tunnel, but as long as you just keep going, yeah, it can take you somewhere even better. Whereas Zuko, he's he can't see the end of the tunnel of choosing this good path, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and then as soon as someone's like, maybe you should turn back, he does. So he never gets to see where that good path will ever lead him, which yeah. is, I think, the tragedy of Zuko in that scene. Yeah, he just doesn't have faith in choosing his own path. Yeah.
0: And then Iroh this season um, as the sort of the good angel on, his, on Zuko's shoulder mm. And so, Quite literally in, in
1: it, that. It, there is a whole, yeah. there's a
0: vision where it's exactly what's happening. Even the last episode, that vision becomes reality yeah. when it's Zula and Iroh just both pleading to his good and evil nature, basically. Um, but Iroh, his constant ability for forgiveness and to be there for him. So at one stage, Zuko decides, listen, I don't think there's, we've got anything to offer each other anymore and Zuko leaves. And then Iroh follows him and there's just, there to make sure he's there when Zuko needs him. When Iroh is struck down by Azula, that gives Zuko a chance to, to help Iroh again. Yeah. They're working together as a team. He's happy for Iroh when he's developing his tea shop in Ba Sing Se, yeah. like living this new dream of his to be a to be a successful tea shop so owner. sweet, yeah. And then again, he pleads, like literally pleads with Zuko to just choose the right yeah. path. And then the disappointment... He can't uh, when, look Zuko in the eye after... When he
2: looks away from Zuko, oh. my heart broke. <laughs> so good. Like, I don't even know how to talk about it because it's so awful.
0: Because the show has earned it. It yeah. has... You truly understand and believe Iroh, who could so, who starts out as such a buffoon and just the wise old man mm-hmm. and, and is those things still, but yeah. is also a human being. One of my... The Tales of Basting Say is a really interesting episode because um, it's a very experimental episode. It's an episode that's just full of these little vignettes, yeah. these little stories about a lot of our main characters. And Iroh's one, you talked about the scene with him and the thief and the, and the mugger. Mm, oh, um, God. Yeah. But where that ends up is you mm. learn that he's spent this whole day helping other people mm. and he gets to the end of the day and it's the birthday of his son who God, died at war. And he starts singing this song, Little Soldier Boy. And it's so heartbreaking because it informs so much about who Iroh is and his connection to Zuko and yeah. what he lost as a parent when he lost his son. And I think his story of redemption in his eyes to try and help Zuko the way he couldn't help his son, he couldn't yeah, protect
2: absolutely. him. Yeah, oh. absolutely. I mean... I'm getting geez, teary, thank you, those, Yeah, me too. Both our eyes are very watery. Yeah, um, yeah I mean... God, when he's singing that song above the grave, and then it says in loving, loving memory, memory of, of Marco. Marco. Yeah.
0: So the voice actor yeah. of Iro died shortly, uh, sometime between season two and three, basically. Mm. And so, um, all his voice work for season two was done. It's all in there in the season, but the, it's not him in season three. Yeah. Um, the character is still very much in season mm-hmm. three um but it's a different voice and i believe it's
2: like even his protege is doing the voice like possibly, someone yeah. he was very connected with is doing the voice for him
0: but that just adds another layer
2: oh god yeah like i was already crying and then that popped up and i, I just lost it yeah 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 i was sitting <laughs> i was sitting next to my girlfriend she was watching something on her laptop and i was watching something on my laptop and i was just like in hysterics she's like and i have because she's never seen Avatar. I'm just watching a cartoon. And she just turns to me, she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, it's just really lovely. <laughs> like, I was I was just, I lost it. I just thought it's, Iroh is such a beautiful character. Yeah. He's like, he's, oh, he's just the ultimate father figure that you could ever want. Someone who is a guiding light, but he's not oppressive about it. He's yeah. not that kind of. Yeah, toxic max masculinity, which we've spoken about before, who's like, I know what's right. This yep. is it and you have to do it. He's like, you you can make your own choices. I will give you advice if that's what you want, if that's what I feel like you need. Um, but I have faith in you to make the decisions that you need to make. And he's just nothing but supportive and loving. And that's at why... Every in that turn. At every turn. And that's why in that last moment when he is so disappointed... Yeah. Oh, God. God, it just breaks your heart. That's the kind of character, because in movies and TV and stuff, they're all, you know. Parents are always like, "Oh, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed." Yeah. And people are like, "Oh, that's so harsh." I'm like, oh, that doesn't really affect me. But if Iroh said that to me, yeah, I would be broken forever.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, something just remembered as well and we can mm. tie these two together an um, important moment in the, in the last episode as well is, is the moment where Katara and Zuko are together and mm. let's not talk about shipping Katara and, and Zuko although that is a real thing um,
2: I mean I've had my moments of doing I that think, I,
0: think I think it's, it's there it's it the hard thing, not to feel I it I do
2: it when they're in a scene together and then Aang will have his moment with Katara or just be thinking about Katara I'm like yeah no that's beautiful love that's not like, that's not your Hermione and Malfoy love thing. Sure, We've all sure. like delved into a little bit of that fan, fi- fan fiction, let's be honest.
0: Um, <laughs> not all of us, but uh, you don't speak for all of us. It was so.
2: my introduction to fan fiction, actually. The really? old Malfoy and Hermione. Yeah, I was really into it. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you see like Aang and Katara and then that actually makes sense. Sure. That's, yeah, that's real.
0: Mm. But that's an interesting moment. We'd seen... A little, a little uh, detail I noticed this time that I loved. In the vision I was talking about earlier where he's literally got a blue dragon and a red dragon sort yeah. of giving advice and they represent Azula and Iroh, right? And then the, the the duality of Zuko's personality. He, in that scene, does not have a scar. I didn't even notice. Yeah, his scar is gone. So in his own visions...
2: Yeah, of course. He doesn't
0: see himself with that scar, which I think is as a cool little detail because... I think that says... I don't know. It informs where he is. Mm. um, Informs how he sees himself to some degree, which I thought was cool. In that moment as well, he was really going through that metamorphosis as well. So, he was kind of seeing himself coming through the other side of his... Potentially, Mm. you know, making a a positive decision about himself. So, that was an interesting scene. But then we actually get this moment where he can have that come to life, potentially. Katara's got this spirit water from the Northern Water Tribe, which has healing properties... And she suggests that maybe she can use it to take his scar away. Um, and that's obviously very, very meaningful to him. Um, I don't know, that's just an interesting moment. It's an interesting moment of empathy because Katara, at, when that scene starts, is extremely hostile towards him. Is just like, no. With every, she has every right to every that right way. Every right to be. <laughs> yeah. He's followed them for two seasons mm. trying to kill or capture them. Yeah. Um, she has no reason to trust him. But she does have that, yeah, that moment of empathy or that yep. ability to empathise with him. Um, and offers him her trust for a moment. Uh, And yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting character moment too.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a huge offering of kindness, which I think is very foreign to Zuko. Yeah. And every... Like, when I watch that scene, I get so hopeful that it will happen. And of course, it never will. Um, Not in that scene. It never will happen. Um, Because I think it's almost, in a way... He's not there yet internally, so that we yeah. can't have the payoff physically, but to be so close, <laughs> it's yeah, it's a beautiful moment between two warring parties, really, and having a moment of like, oh, we've all experienced a huge amount of loss and pain because that's what war is. Like everyone loses, really. Yeah, no matter what side you're on, everyone's you know will lose something, um, and being able to recognize that in an enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once again, like Katara sh- showing a huge amount of empathy. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a few places we can go from there. I that's it's interesting what you're saying about this idea of seeing both sides, that both everyone is losing sort of when there's a war going on. Yeah. It's Bar- Let's talk about Basingse for a second then. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. So a big chunk of this season, the last third, maybe even a little bit more, is spent pretty much exclusively at Basingse, the yeah. Earth Kingdom capital. There's mm-hmm. a few things going on there. Number one, I think it's interesting is just we keep hearing about this 100-year war and we see occasionally the Fire Nation on their Fire Nation ships and stuff like this and maybe there's that one Earth town in an episode which has been taken over by the Fire Nation and stuff. But they don't necessarily know if they talked about the consequences that often. But one of the things they do do in this season is... Do-do. Do do. <laughs> is legitimately talk about refugees. Like, yeah. Now, isn't that a cool thing? Like, I, I feel like there's been a million different... Um, animated shows that have like war, even Star Wars. Honestly, mm. when when in any of the Star Wars stuff, have we ever talked about refugees, about the people who are being pushed out of their homes and have to find somewhere else to live.
2: Yeah, I mean displacement is a
0: huge part of war, massive part yeah. of war, and it is actually addressed and talked about in this season of the show and the what that looks like, the system and the 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 hard hardships that people who have been displaced have to go through and stuff like that it's not a huge element of the series but it is mentioned and shown at least mm. which I think is pretty awesome for a kids television show to yeah. even I mean two of our
2: characters become
0: refugees, refugees. yeah
2: um, yeah and not so yeah they show that not only are refugees displaced they're when they're brought into another community or another nation or whatever it might be, they're usually sequestered. That's the wrong word. They usually... Uh,
0: shunned or like...
2: They're usually pushed off to the parts of society that belong to the poor, yeah, um, the forgotten, the disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. That's because it's too difficult for the majority of, you know, safe um, countries or communities to wrap their head around. They'd rather not look at it. They'd rather yeah. not see it which is interesting. Um, and of course, Zuko and Iroh are incredibly lucky. That's not like, I'm assuming not the general story of like your average refugee in Ba Sing Se, Sure. Um, is not able to make the best tea in the city and then get their own yeah, yeah exactly tea right, house. Yeah. Um, but no, it is interesting to see the plot of refugees, a very G-rated plight. Sure, but the plight, nonetheless.
0: The fact that it's, I just think it's amazing it's mentioned yeah, at all. Yeah, absolutely. And then that leads into just blasting say in general and what mm. that's talking about. And you sort of put you know said North Korea. North
2: Korea. Well, I remember I watched a documentary years ago, um, in which someone went to North Korea um, and they they were invited to go, mm-hmm. and they had a handler exactly right. like Judy. It was like Judy. Judy. This very friendly woman. I'm um, very well-dressed and she would escort them everywhere and show them how wonderful North Korea was and how happy everyone was. And she would, you know, be sitting there when they would be interviewing North Koreans and that kind of thing and just always watching and like very controlled idea of what this place is. And yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same in Basingse. Yeah, Yeah. Uh,
0: And uh, just, yeah. Ah, yeah. So many interesting complex parallels and ideas and this is stuff that if you are interested in the show and you continue into Korra you'll see more and more of too Korra really delves into some really interesting political ideas so if mm. you enjoy this stuff of Ba Sing say, this season there's lots more of that to come if you can make your way to Korra um, both of that stuff was pretty cool yeah. Long Thing and the Dai Li are really intimidating and cool mm-hmm. villains as well and just the idea again that even though the Earth Nation is sort of considered to be on the side of the Avatar most of the time they're in this war and the Fire Nation are the obvious bad guys there are plenty of bad people inside the Earth Empire as well, the Earth Kingdom as well. And they are not, yeah, they are not without their faults. Well, that's the thing.
2: I mean, we see that a lot of the time, the people who are suffering for the majority of the series are really Earth Kingdom people. I mean, sure, we've seen attacks on water tribes, Mm -hmm. but the majority is like it's that mainland where the Earth Kingdom is and that battle. And so it's... The Earth Kingdom people are suffering, and the people in charge do not care
1: because yeah. it
2: doesn't affect them. Yeah, they're safe in their city. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to keep it. They, that they don't. Way. They don't even want to talk about it. People yep. don't even mention the war, which kind of reminded me of Faulty Towers. Don't <laughs> to mention the war, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm not really going with it. I just thought that was interesting and kind of a nice parallel, I guess, for. A just kind of how wars work, like yeah. everyone fighting is expendable.
0: The, well, the people, the people that are most at danger are the people who are, <laughs> the people who are most affected are the people who aren't the ones causing the war yeah, or, exactly. or in charge of the war. Yeah. The people that are affected are the people on the ground, the civilians, and the soldiers. Yeah. the People that are sent out there to deal with it, yeah, the powerless the, and the powerful mm. sit back and sort of. You know, either reap the benefits of, or just are protected from the whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty cool that that stuff's all in there in mm-hmm. this Nickelodeon kids Saturday morning <laughs> television cartoon. Pretty yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I just thought it was worth mentioning. We talked about how the first season is very much Act One, the setup for this story. In a lot of ways, this is extremely, very much Act Two. This, mm-hmm. especially the way this ends. Um, we get this moment. Wow, what an ending in the oh. last five or six episodes, we have this beating of this big bad. And for a moment, everything seems like, it seems like everything is going Team Avatar's way. Aang is going to go off and learn how to control, um, control the Avatar state. Saka goes to see his dad. Um... The uh, Katara is staying behind too because they finally got the Earth Nation on board to gonna help, them to help strategize, them strategize and get the army together yep. for the Day of Black Sun. So that's all come to fruition. It's like everything's coming up, Team Avatar. Even Iroh and uh, Zuko are in a good place at this point and they're like maybe content and happy. And then by the end of the season, everything has gone to shit. They are in the darkest place they've ever been. Yeah. Nothing has gone right. Azula is in charge of Ba Sing Se and essentially has taken over the Earth Kingdom, uh, or the or the capital at least. Um, Aang is something
2: that has like never happened. Ba Sing Se doesn't belong to the Earth Kingdom. It's anymore. The first
0: time ever, it has been impenetrable. They've yep. they've never ever fallen. It's fallen to the Earth yep. Kingdom to the to the Fire Nation. Um, Aang has fallen. Has. Uh, being struck down by Azula yeah. and is critically injured, mm-hmm. possibly dying. Yeah. They, The Avatar gang are on the run and Zuko has turned evil again, essentially. Helped Azula. He with, betrayed Iroh. And betrayed yeah. Iroh. And they are separated and yeah, it is it is a perfect capping off of Act 2. Yeah, when... Exactly where it should be.
2: The last episode of this season finished, I started clapping. I was just like, I was just alone in my living room, but I just like clapping. I'm like, that was good. Yeah. That the the bravery to end a season like that.
0: Oh. I mean it's it's in a lot of ways it's the obvious thing. Like it's the classical classic three act structure. This is where act 2 should end. It's exactly oh, where it should absolutely. be.
2: Absolutely. If if you are viewing it as, you know, act 1, act 2, act 3. Absolutely. Yes. For a children's cartoon though. Yeah. Like that's kind and then of like, when a what? season break, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah.
0: I think it says a lot about that they knew where they wanted the show to go, that they knew it was three seasons. They mm-hmm. weren't going, oh, let's try and extend this to keep it going and make this you know, four, yeah. or five, six seasons. They knew this was a three-season show. They had a story to tell and this is where we're up to in the story. I have
2: so much respect for creators who know exactly where their story's going yep. and they stick to it. Yep. They're not like, this uh, is really popular, so let's go on season. That's it. It's yeah. the difference
0: between – it's not like the story can't change and evolve. Like mm. at it making Toph the Toph that we know rather yeah. than the Toph that was originally planned. You want to be able to – you know, play with the details mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But to generally understand where your story needs to be yeah. and where it's going and, and how you're sort of going to get there and not betray that. Yeah. Have that creative integrity
2: to be like, no, no, this is the story we're telling. No yeah. matter how maybe lucrative it might be to have a six season run, we're not going to yeah. do that. This, this is the story. Yeah, And that's what the story will be.
0: And uh, that was excellent. At that, mm-hmm. this season also there was generally less a monster of the week episode. There were a few of them. Yeah, absolutely. But more than ever, it's been become a more serialized plot where each episode transitions fairly well into the next one, or really, really adds to the ongoing story, either with backstory detail or by progressing the main plot forward. Mm-hmm. The only there's only a couple I can think of. There's the Avatar Day. Yeah. Um. Oh, The Cave of Two Lovers is probably the only other oh, one. Oh, yes, of course. Even though that one that one does give us some backstory, though. Um, how, again, again, all of them do. And I think that's, that's sort of what I wanted to get to, is that generally it's more serialised. Yeah, nothing serialized. is
2: exclusively a filler.
0: Definitely not. It, pretty much every episode has something to offer overall. Day, Avatar Day, we get to know a bit about Avatar Kyoshi. It was two avatars back from Aang and that's interesting in its own way and there's some good stuff with Zuko and Iroh in that episode I think as well uh, I can't remember the exact details but I'm pretty sure there's some stuff in there right uh, I th- oh that's the one where I think they get attacked by the uh, Rough Riders who show up like three or four times these side characters just these guys that firebenders that run around on um,
2: and that is the episode on where one. Zuko leaves and that's the episode
0: where Zuko leaves exactly yeah. right so that's it becomes consequential even if yeah. it's not to our main core group um mm. And then The Tale of Two Lovers is possibly the most side side episode of the season. Mm. It's just them getting to a marsh through a tunnel. Yeah. It's a little bit of a love story between Aang and Katara in a way. It also has, I love that episode, just for. It's to, got my,
2: probably my favourite line in it. Which one's that? <clears throat> so it's, it's Saka saying this, and he says, I hate to be the wet blanket here, but since Katara is busy, I guess it's up to me. There's, Which I love.
0: <laughs> there's the ongoing joke also in this episode of uh, Saka's frustration with the nomads. Oh, yeah. And at the end...
2: The hippies. I'm, I'm with him there, yeah.
0: Yeah, but at the end, Aang or Katara's like, why is there a red mark on your forehead? <gasps> and then the one of the nomads says something and yeah. Saka just face palms. Because
2: when they <laughs> said that, I thought I missed something. I'm like, why is there a red mark on his forehead? And then he yeah, slapped his forehead. I'm like...
0: Beautiful. That's so good. <laughs> it's such a great joke, That's great. Um, and it has the amazing song. Ah, oh. secret tunnel, <laughs> secret tunnel through the mountains. Secret, 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 secret tunnel. I love that song. It's so good. Just them rocking out to secret tunnel.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I don't like hippies, but they are very entertaining. Those ones.
0: Yeah. Um, something. Oh, just another detail that occurred to me. They, uh, they there's some interesting characters in that. The Nomad, maybe a coded gay character amongst them as well. The bigger guy, come by his name, he wears all pink and stuff, and he's into flowers and things like that. Mm. So, it is very like, you know, not he's definitely not masculine, traditional masculine, yeah. more feminine. And we also have in this season, we talk about, uh, we mention, uh, what's his name? Not long shot, the other one of Jet's group.
2: Oh, yeah, the girl. Smellaby,
0: Smellaby, yeah. who is, and Iroh says, you know, you're a strapping young lad or whatever, and yeah. He's like oh, yeah. I'm a girl. And, and I was like, Oh, off. I meant you're a very lovely girl. And then she walks off and then Longshot, Longshot doesn't, doesn't say anything. Because <laughs> Longshot only speaks yeah. once this whole season. And like, Jet dies. We've got Jet's death in this episode yeah. too. Um in this season, sorry. Yeah. And, and, and like, she's
2: just like, Oh, you're right, you know, as long as I'm confident in who I am, it doesn't matter what people think of me. Exactly. And it's just this little moment. Yeah, I loved this, it. It's beautiful. Just
0: didn't there because... Because
2: I remember, like, like I said, I was that dirty little tomboy, and people used to think I was a little boy as well. It's really crushing, (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's nice to see like someone who's like, you know, it does hurt when people say that, but it's okay because I know who I am and it's fine. Yeah, and I like who I am. Yeah, it was good.
0: Um,
2: This show is great for tomboys, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's so like pro. Just be whoever you want to be.
0: And wait again, wait to get to Cora. It's just like Mm. anyway, different story.
2: Oh my god. Don't bring up Cora. Too emotional today for
0: that. The um, but yeah, the other thing we do get in that the Mm. secret tunnel episode or the tale of two lovers is we find out about how earthbenders learn earthbending. So we knew that Mm, the waterbenders learnt from the moon, and airbenders learnt from the flying bison. Mm -hmm. Earthbenders learnt earthbending from the badger moles, who were blind like Toph. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, they move the earth, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like again, just another layer that adds to the mythology.
2: What where do Fire Nation get there?
0: Uh, it's they explain in season three. Oh, okay. It's coming. Okay. There's Thank a you. whole episode that revolves around fire bending and there's a right. there's a it's one yeah, it's a okay. cool one. Cool. So I won't say now. Um also this season, there was just generally more experimental and unique. Episodes, ones that weren't Monster of the Week or even necessarily completely serialized. There mm. is the Tale of Two sorry, the Tales of Bar say Yeah. Which are these mini vignettes. We have got one for Katara and Toph, one for Aang, which I don't love that one. But it's, me it's just a bit kiddish. One for oh, Saka. Momo's one, though. Yeah, Momo's <laughs> one where yeah. he's sort of like tracking. Mrs. Arpa. Mrs. Arpa. And Zuko's one where he goes on a date. And Iro's one, mm. which breaks my heart, which we already talked about. Yeah. And Sarka's one where he's doing this like. Um haiku like rap battle. Rap battle. It's so good.
2: <laughs> it was very strange. I was like, Saka can pull it off because he's hilarious. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's just a it's just a little aside, but yeah. that's a cool, like completely uh atypical episode. Mm-hmm. And then the very next episode is The Lost Days of ARPA, which is mm. just a story showing ARPA from when he was taken from the Aangang Gang to when he ends up in Basting Se. And the heartbreaking story. Of the crap he went through.
2: Well, those two episodes, you know, back to front of each other, one after the other, which, uh, um, I cried so much. Yeah, I, you are know, like just, oh, I can't deal with that upper stuff. Like, it's so awful.
0: It's awful. To the see moment him so when helpless the Kyoshi warriors find him yeah. and he's just totally feral and scared. Yeah. Oh. That's a beautiful episode. And mm. it's an episode where your main character doesn't speak a mm-hmm. damn word. Yeah. And you're just, yeah, following Arpa and his heartbreaking journey. It's like Milo and Otis or something without a narrator.
2: Mm. I really want an Arpa plush, actually. Just uh, a hug.
0: I've seen one. I've,
2: I've seen them online. I want one too. Yeah.
0: That'd be amazing. All <laughs> um,
2: right, next Christmas. There you go. We'll get each other uppers. Uh, <laughs> the that sounds like we were going to buy... I was going to buy you drugs. We <laughs> need <laughs> uh, some uppers. downers too. <laughs>
0: Nice Thank you Is that is that the joke on his name? Arpa Like he goes up It's he's gotta be bison? Surely. I've never even thought about that before Me either
2: But it's gotta be
0: The In that episode We also see In a flashback uh, Arpa has a flashback To when he was a baby bison Oh my god And like baby bisons Are hilarious So uh, cute Not hilarious They're adorable the but you see female monks and he's I from the down. Eastern Air Temple yeah. and so it seems like your idea that there was this yeah. other and even that, that big
2: statue is like of a woman yes yeah.
0: well the previous we haven't don't think we've seen this explicitly yet but the previous Airbender avatar was a woman too yeah right okay mm. we'll see more of that later mm. so that like just a little cool detail that adds again to the world and yeah. explain pads things out explains things a little bit um, but that was interesting those two episodes don't. They, they're sort of slightly flashback and slightly just this breath. They do completely add emotional depth to the season though, even though they don't push the plot forward a whole lot. They sort of just give us some insight mm-hmm. into characters and explain some yeah. stuff that we're missing. But it's a, it's a perfect moment, I think, to have that breath mm-hmm. just before things get crazy. Because well, the last the four episodes, episodes are just like...
2: Yeah, episodes <laughs> like that are so emotionally rich that, yeah, you kind of like get it all out and then you're back to the the, the meat... Of it all, and yeah, the, yeah, and the driving force, yeah.
0: Um, okay, I think we're getting towards the end of the discussion, at least as far as I am. Let's, I'll quickly talk about the Star Wars oh, stuff yeah, in this season as well. So, I talked a little bit in the last episode about how Avatar is very much Star Wars, but better in my eyes. Um, I think when I say it's better in a lot of ways, I just think it's more narratively and emotionally compelling to me, and it's probably helped a lot by the fact that it's a television show, it's got more episodes and more more chance to tell its story and explore its characters. Um, but I'll, I'll just explain some of the things that make this season The Empire Strikes Back. So, our heroes, much like in Empire Strikes Back, go to a city they think will be friendly, only to be betrayed. So, that's Han and Leia going to Cloud City. Our heroes go to Ba Sing Se. Said city... Is taken over by the bad guys by the end of the season. So Cloudsia gets taken by the Empire and Darth Vader, yeah, right. and Basing Sage gets taken by Azula and the Fire Nation. Aang has to, or Ang and Luke both have to separate from their friends to go and train. Uh, they both meet an old sage in the form of Guru Patik and Yoda. This is amazing. Yeah, who knew their former masters, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and um, Monkey Artso. Um, the heroes have to leave early before completing their training because they have a vision of their friends in danger, uh, and this then jeopardizes their teachings. Um, a character, Luke in Empire Strikes Back, and Zuko in um, Avatar: Last Airbender, are sort of offered; they're like tempted to join the dark side. They have different outcomes there, but certainly that still—it's that temptation—is being played into somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, our hero is scarred. Luke loses his hand and gets struck by lightning and you'll see in the next season that he's scarred from that event. Right. Um, And they both fall a great distance as well. Um, And our heroes then escape but are at their darkest point and they're sort of flying away from danger trying to
2: um, yeah, that last yeah, visual is Yeah. So you mm-hmm.
0: got a similar sort of yeah. The it's a little more hopeful in the Empire Strikes Back, I yeah. think. You leave it in a really dark place with Avatar, which yeah. is interesting. But they're both definitely at a stage where it's like it's the darkest points in this story. And again, that's an obvious end for an act two sort of thing. Mm. But I, but it's particularly this when
2: But the specifics are pretty similar, really.
0: Especially um especially the bit where Ang goes to train with Guru Patik. Yeah, totally. it's like this could Whoa. not. This is so Dagobah, Yoda. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's for me. I think that's when I first started to put it together. Yeah. Like how course. similar it was to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um. But that that stuff is just. It's yeah. It's it couldn't be more like it. Anyway, they're the main things. Again, I still think as much as I love Empire Strikes Back, I'm not going to say that season two of Avatar is better. But overall, Avatar's mm. better. Uh. Yeah. So, that's that. Do you have any specific things you would like to go over, any things you would like to mention from the episodes, from your notes or any particular Um, criticisms maybe?
2: I don't have any major criticisms. There's just little things I was like, eh. Uh, But they kind of figure, because I guess it is a children's cartoon. Mm -hmm. But things like, you know, them going on mini vacations when they have such an important job to do. I was like... Yeah. Maybe maybe rush a little bit sure, <laughs> more sure. than that. But um, so there was that and then there was obviously the... It was very minor. It was yeah, like a detail that was, started was, a storyline. It was tiny. Yeah. Um, and then obviously like Iroh warming his tea seemed really silly to me.
0: Because it gives away to Jet that he is yeah, a firebender. Yeah, it gives away to
2: anyone that could be there because they all hate the Fire Nation yep. and they probably all have seen a firebender. Um, so that seemed a bit silly. So... Yeah, like tiny little criticisms like that, but nothing that really affects the story or my enjoyment of the story. Did you have any little criticisms or anything?
0: Honestly, the only thing that I could I possibly have criticisms over might be some of... Sometimes I feel like the pacing is a little bit slower towards the end of the season. Uh, there's... once Barsting say we spent a lot of time in Basting say I guess. And as much as I like Bar- like the stuff they're doing there, it, I always... I guess I like it when they're exploring the world more and they're going to new places. Wow. I, that that sense of progress is stalled. They literally talk about how they're spending like a month or something like that in saying. and You feel that. Mm. And while I like that breath again that I said, I don't know, maybe the pacing's just a little bit off there.
2: See, I like that because it built... The frustration and tension for me that I felt like those characters were also feeling—it's sure. kind of like in you know the Deathly Hallows where they're walking around and not doing anything because they don't it's have any eye- direction. Sure, sure. Um, so if it had a similar feeling, uh, it's of, very intentional. Of that
0: to me, I mean, yeah. they're commenting on like the mm. bullshit yeah. bureaucracy and all these barriers for that are put yeah. before them when they know they've got critical information—they're not being taken mm. seriously. Why is can't the Avatar get a meeting with yeah. the Earth King, sort of thing?
2: When everywhere they've gone, like they can kind of do what they want because they are so free and they're now in a society where they can't be. Maybe that's
0: it. Maybe it's that feeling. Maybe it is just that feeling of frustration they've got too, but it kind of, you know, I feel it. But if it, and it
2: affected f- you in a way that was just. Again, I'm looking for story. anything to pick yeah. on here. I'm struggling.
0: <laughs> and again, yeah. I, the only thing I could say is the ARPA storyline, while it's. Emotionally fulfilling, and it's uh, both the start and the end of it. You, it's kind of just there to halt their progress a little bit. Um, it's yeah, I don't know. It's, I kind of wondered, did we need it if we didn't have that upper storyline? Could we have found another way to do this? Is it, is it critical to the story that mm. ARPA's gone for half a season?
2: I think it is for Aang's emotional journey, which is very important for his. Um ...control in the Avatar state and just being the Avatar in general. We
0: kind of get one episode of that though. It's not yeah. like it continues to play on. If I thought that he was really like... If there were more episodes of him just getting being out of control... ...rather than that one episode... Mm. ...I think I'd agree with that more. Right, okay. But it's resolved... It's There's two episodes. I don't know if it's resolved. There's the first episode where the desert where he's really, really just, mm-hmm. like, loses it. Yeah. And the next episode, The Serpents Pass, where Katara's like, you know, you, you're not feeling anything anymore. Like, that's not good either. And so there's those two episodes, there and then he's kind of just...
2: earlier as well. Oh, obviously, when the, at the... Like, the first episode, when the general's like, you're a weapon, I know how to turn you into a weapon, I'm going to yeah. hurt Katara, and he loses it, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, you've got that moment, but I think I'm talking about Arpa specifically. You've sort of just got the immediate um result, the immediate moment where, yeah, the episode of the desert where Aang is uh sort of having a big breakdown and emotionally right. tormented. And then you've got that little bit at the serpent's pass and then it sort of just disappears. And we don't have ARPA for so long. Mm. Yeah, I just wonder about I wonder about is was it worth just those two moments, I guess. There are a couple of little moments here and there. You certainly the the you feel it and it's it's it's, I don't know, it just feels like a distraction or a diversion from what they otherwise could be doing to some degree. It gets in the way of the rest of the plot progressing. Mm. It's a it's a barrier, uh, a hurdle they have to overcome that just doesn't feel as natural as some of the other stuff.
2: Really? Okay. I don't know. I,
0: again, I think at the end, I think there's so much... It's executed so well that it doesn't really bother me. I just wonder whether that it need to be so many episodes long, whether it could have been shorter or yeah. I don't know.
2: I mean, I don't think it's... Overly necessary, yeah. But I think it is so.
0: It feels like a bit like beautiful a stalling
2: and enriching. Sure. That uh, I would like, obviously, because if they didn't do it, I wouldn't know. But I, f- f- I don't think I would love this season as much.
0: Sure. Okay. Again, yeah. it's it's hypotheticals. So you're playing yeah. with like like hypothetically mm-hmm. what would have replaced with, we don't know.
2: I think when this story is so much, or these characters are so much about heart and love and friendship, I think it's just a
0: lovely example of that. Sure. All right. That's, that's literally it. That's all I've got. Yeah. And they're, they're totally maybes even. Yeah. They're like, what if this was yeah. done differently? Yeah. That's that's yeah. It's like it. if
2: I had to complain, sure.
0: That, yeah. That's all i got. i got nothing else really going on there. Okay, a couple of little things just, just as I scroll through my notes that come to mind. I'll mm. well, tell you something I don't understand. Yeah. What exactly is Boomy the king of? If it's the Earth Kingdom, suggesting that the Earth, it's one big kingdom, right? Yeah. And we have the Earth King. And so Bumi's the king of a marshu. Yeah. So is he a separate kingdom inside the Earth King? Inside the Earth Kingdom?
2: I mean, that's my assumption, but it's not explicitly stated. I don't really
0: understand how that works. Mm. Something that was cool, another detail they added there are other waterbenders that aren't in the North Water Tribe yeah, or the Southern the Water swamp Tribe. The swamp The swamp is really interesting. Yeah. That's um, cool. And a cool, interesting moment emotionally, we get to see Saka um, dealing with the death of UA. We get to see Katara's ongoing um, sort of devastation or, or struggling with her mother's death yeah. as well, which is really heartbreaking. Um, that's a cool episode, and yeah, just getting to see the the very redneck. Um, swamp waterbenders.
2: Yeah, the and old hillbillies coming through, yeah.
0: Another expansion of uh, bending there as well. The waterbenders there can move the vines. They use the water in the vines to move...
2: Yes, yeah, that was ...the
0: cool. vines as well, which is pretty cool. Um, oh, one of my favourite jokes, we didn't even talk about this in the first mm-hmm. season, when the Avatar arrives at Kyoshi Island in the first season... And the yeah. guy gets <gasps> so excited, his mouth starts foaming. Mm. This is a gif that gets around now, yeah. which I love. And they return to that in this season. Oh my god! When Saka goes to Saka Katara go to Kyoshi Island again. Suki's not there, which is a bit sad. Yeah. Um, and I love foam mouth guy. Foam mouth guy's there again. He's like gets doubly excited as last time. And then when he realizes <laughs> the. Av- <laughs>
2: With his arms in the air. Fuck,
0: I love it. And then when the, he realizes that Angie's in there, just sort of like gets up and like <laughs> brushes himself, himself off. off. Like oh, have you <laughs> so heard exciting. the
2: um the backstory to that guy? Just a little tidbit about no. him? No. Uh, apparently Brike, the collective name of the creators. Is that right? Brike?
0: Yeah, Brike,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, they have said that in the past Suki has Suki dated that guy, but she's really ashamed of it.
0: <laughs> oh really? <Yeah>. That's awesome. <laughs> I haven't yeah. heard that. No,
2: uh,
0: the library. How awesome is Shi Tongue? The, is
2: that the owl? The
0: giant owl yeah. thing that's in there. He like, is so creepy and so cool, creepy.
2: and played by the guy. I can't remember his name. I really did mean to look it up, but he plays the concierge in Pretty Woman, who I, I love, and he's yeah. always also the driver in Princess Diary.
0: He's got a great Does. voice. We. This is the place where Admiral Zhao and they. This was. They sort of. He mentions at the end of the last season, Admiral Mm. Zhao mentions that he got this information. Went to a library. He went to a library and found this information. Which I remember
2: watching season one and being like, what kind of library has that information? And then we see what kind of library.
0: And Wan-Chi-Tung's policies on humans being there Mm -hmm. are partly to do with this. The Fire Nation have destroyed all or possibly Admiral Zhao when he was there, have destroyed all the information on the Fire Nation yeah. so that no one can so use it against to them. Do that. Like, really smart stuff going on there as well, which is cool. They weren't like, oh, he showed up and just let that stick around. Yeah. He got the information he wanted and destroyed anything that would help his enemies. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Love that stuff. Uh, the desert. Oh, yeah. How... <laughs> they never say it outright, but, like, the monsters in that episode are the wasps slashed mm-hmm. with vultures, aka buzzards.
2: Oh! <gasps> Get it,
0: get it, get oh, it.
2: Oh, you just blew my mind. It only
0: occurred to me this time. I was like, oh,
2: that's <laughs> awesome. Well done.
0: Also, yeah. I just love the comedy in that episode with Saka drinking the cactus oh water, him and Momo. Trippin' balls.
2: Trippin' balls. Trippin' balls, so there's good. A,
0: there's an episode. You haven't watched uh, Cowboy Bebop yet, have you? No, I haven't. Add that to our recommended list. Mm-hmm. We'll do I, it. Think it I think it is on our good. list, Good. Yeah. So I want to show you through that. There's a great episode called, I think it's called Mushroom Mamba or something like that, mm. where they all start tripping balls. And it's animated... Like trips are really great. <laughs> They're so fun. Yeah. Um that moment as well with Katara, you were saying where she reaches out and shows angst and like compassion and mm. empathy. Is just the look on her face is so it's not it's almost defeated in some way. It's like she's she's so I don't know, in that moment. It's it's hard to read exactly what she's thinking. Of. Yeah, I mean Is it sadness? Is it like understanding? It's just so
2: I think it's Yeah, I think it's understanding of that level of grief and remembering that level of grief is
0: painful. That's
2: painful as well. That's cool. And it would be awful to see that in someone that you love. Yeah.
0: Um, We also get introduced to the idea of the White Lotus in this episode. So, Mm, Iroh is part of this secret society called the White Lotus, Mm -hmm. which maybe was even alluded to in Season 1 with his stuff involving the White Lotus Tile, yeah. the White Lotus Tile and Pai mm. show It's yeah. not speci- explicitly stated no, anything not. like that, but it's cool development in that mm-hmm. one, giving Iroh a little bit more like intrigue as well yeah. into his past. Possibly that it might explain some of your stuff a little bit. The idea that he's part of the White Lotus, how he became part of them would maybe explain his like spiritual yeah, and more true. complex nature. That's very true. Because it does connect him to societies outside the Fire Nation. Anyway,
2: that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, Something to think it would about. certainly be
0: part of that yeah. story for sure. Um, Serpent's Pass, the Cabbage Man makes a reappearance.
2: <laughs> I love the Cabbage Man so much. Yeah, I'll never great. not love him. He'll never like. I it's like every time I see him, I smile, and that will never change.
0: Do you have a favorite animal? Because in Avatar, one of the things they keep doing, and they do it more and more as the season goes on, is they, animals tend to be crossed versions of animals. Mm. So my favourite personally is the platypus bear. Yeah, that's I, very cool. I love the platypus bear. I love that joke when they get to the Earth Kingdom and they see the Bosco, the Earth King's bear. bear? and they go
2: through all the different iterations of yeah, what a bear is. It's just bear. Yeah. just bear. No,
0: just bear. <laughs> whatever that is. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Katara surfing well, with, around on her But ice. why,
2: sorry, why is that your favourite, the platypus I just bear? think
0: it's a cool design. Right. I really like owl bears in d as well. Yeah, I,
2: I, you I, do get really excited when we play D&D and there's like, there's an every time there might, might be a it? creature, you're like, is it an owlbear? I want it yeah. to be an owlbear.
0: bear. I just <laughs> think owlbears bears <laughs> are a rad design and platypus mm. bears are similarly cool. Right. Um, do you want to hear mine? Are you just gonna yeah, hear sorry. Mine? Yeah, That's yours. <laughs> I thought, I, the way you said, I thought you agreed with me. Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, I'm just going to go purely on cuteness, which is... I can't remember what it is, but it's that little... When Saka's stuck in the dirt.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that little baby thing oh, is... Oh, it's a, a moose lion.
2: A moose lion. so
0: cute. Baby moose lion. Oh, the real one She's I wanted
2: to it. kiss its beautiful face. It's Yeah, so it's cute. adorable. Yep. Little, meat,
0: little meat creature. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's great.
0: Katara is... i uh, just looking through my notes for episode 12, The serpent, Serpent's Pass, which is the one that's got to do with a lot of Katara... Uh, sorry, uh, Saka and Suki. Katara's awesome in this episode. She surfs around at one bit when they're fighting the serpent mm. on like her ice surfboard thing, which is rad. I mean,
2: just rad. Katara's um, in general this season is... Is incredible. She's so cool.
0: When, I think I mentioned earlier, but the bit where they're invading uh, or they're trying to get to the Earth King and they're going through the palace and she's just doing these boss moves with her. There's a bit where she's fighting Azula and she like freezes one arm. The arms and then her leg. leg. Yeah. Oh, so cool. A
2: part of me wanted to be like, I just want her to like rip her apart. (laughs) I'm I'm like, that's probably a bit violent for this show. Um,
0: She delivers a baby in that episode too because Katara Mm -hmm. can do everything. Of
2: course she can. Well, I mean, I mean... But she explains they it. it. Yeah, she's
0: like, I've delivered plenty of babies, yeah, and then Saka's Grand like, Grand and I do it all the time. Not seal seal penguins or whatever. She's like, I delivered plenty of real babies too. I
2: love that Saka is so oblivious to what the women do in his tribe. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you think? Just as a general question, what do you think of Jet and Zuka? What do you think of Jet? Okay, his inclusion this season, generally. Didn't care. Jet. I'm. I kind of glad they gave him something else to do. It's just he's more or less a way into the stuff that's happening with the Dai Li without it being one of our main characters. I guess. Yeah.
2: I mean, I. yeah. It. I see the function of Jet. Yeah. That's fine. I've got no problem with that. Um, and a
0: little bit of redemption for him. He becomes a victim, which is well, interesting. Thing, I don't need, need
2: him to be redeemed. you know what I mean? Katara
0: I, doesn't give a shit about yeah. him. Yeah. Like, um, and then she when he died, at all,
2: I didn't really care.
0: You get um, one chance with Katara. Like if you if you cross her, that's it. You're you're done. She's like she she's empathetic to a point, and she'll trust you. But if you betray that trust, you're you're just in her bad books forever after that.
2: What what do you th- think then with the situation with her and Zuko when they're?
0: I'd say wait until season three. Right. Uh yeah, that's a really interesting. There's stuff to talk yeah. about there for sure. Okay. Um, they mentioned the team Avatar name and yeah, they uh, go the through Aang a whole gang. yeah the Yang Gang in of the them, drill. Yeah. What do you oh, think? The,
2: the, Boomerang Gang?
0: Because it's got Aang yeah, in it. Yeah,
2: boomerang. <laughs> yeah.
0: The... Uh, what do you think about the drill episode just in general? The drill. Which is is, pot, is probably the best example of a Monster of the Week episode. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really doesn't add to the plot at all. It's just like a, a showcase episode for a bunch of bending. Like they have to fight one problem and solve it mm. and then that's kind of it.
2: Yeah, I... I, I I enjoyed watching the teamwork. Mm-hmm. I have lots of um, capitalized words in my notes, which is just like rock arm, giant rock nail, yeah, like stuff exactly. like that. Seeing that was really cool, and just the yeah, the inventiveness and how they've learnt to use not only their own bending really well, but using it together. Hey, absolutely,
0: mm, yeah. yeah, that's very very cool. in An episode, the Tofkin metal bend. Like fucking oh my God. rad is that? Oh, my God. The first ever metal bender.
2: Even the visuals of that? Yeah. The,
0: boom. the sound the, of it too. And you
2: see like the, the glowing particles in yes, the metal the and stuff. Yes, the impurities in the
0: metal. I love the way yeah. they they use the teachings between Aang and the guru to like transition into this moment where she yes. metal bends as well. Like the, he's, he's explained this idea of how even metal is part of the earth and blah, blah, blah. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. Yeah. And then Toph. Does this radical thing. Comes the world's first metal bender. So cool. Mm -hmm. She truly,
2: yeah, and she said it. She's like, I'm I'm the most powerful earth bender in the world. God, that's so cool. But she's,
0: again, even though she's powerful, she does have weaknesses. She sucks on sand. She sucks when they're in the air. She can't see things coming. I I love seeing her her.
2: scared when she can't see in the way that she sees. It's, yeah.
0: She is like her blind. That's what I want to talk about. Mm. That Toph, as. A is an awesome character, made more awesome by the fact that she's a little girl who's blind. The blindness thing is really interesting, though. Well,
2: that was the one thing after you went through your notes. What I was going to bring up. Sure, go on. Well, my, my, I didn't really have a specific opinion or direction for it, but I just wanted for us to discuss the character of Toff and disability yeah. and disability being a power because we see that in pop culture quite a this bit this is the second time we've seen
0: a disability be a power though as mm-hmm. well um, in the first season the northern air temple they go to and i can't remember the character's name but they've taken the those earth kingdom people have taken over the northern air temple and there's that kid who's oh, yes, in, in, a in a wheelchair, wheelchair. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so he's very capable you know, more yeah. than capable. He is what like the best flyer there. Basically, he's got his little um, cart, and he's you know that's that's there. But Toff takes to a whole new level. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, really interesting. Mm. The I do. You, do you have any problems with the way that they handle Toff?
2: Well, I mean, that's a hard part of having this discussion. Is I am not disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not part of that community at all. Yeah, and so I, I've often wondered how because obviously them being represented in pop culture is really representation is really important definitely um and i wonder because oftentimes when you do see someone particularly someone who's blind it's part of their superpower Mm -hmm. really like you've got like daredevil Daredevil, and then you've got the guy from Rogue one um yeah yeah
0: and that kind of thing when we saw that the other day we're like i think i turned you on stage went that's the top of this show (laughs) yes
2: yes you did. so I just wonder how how it feels to to be excluded so often but then when you are included or represented in pop culture that it's there's an otherworldliness to just who you are.
0: Sure, I think I think the key is uh, yeah, I mean is I I guess it is part of it. Her being blind has made her see the world differently to everybody else, Mm -hmm. experience the world differently to everybody else, which is part of the reason she's developed into the powerful earthbender she has. Uh, Does that mean it's a superpower? I mean, there are other earthbenders out there. It's not like she's the only earthbender, though she is the only metalbender in the end.
2: But yeah, the fact that she's blind makes her, really is the reason she's better than everyone else because she can sense them the way that they cannot sense her or each other.
0: Sure and um yeah i don't know that's a that's a good question mm. the, i mean i'd geez. actually
2: love to hear from someone who is blind cuz uh, like we have no idea yeah we can reason it this way or that way but we really don't know what it feels like to be excluded so often and then when our when we are represented or when they are represented it represented it is yeah an otherworldliness it's almost like when they have older black people in film and television and, and they're, they're like, wise yeah sure <laughs> you know sure what I mean? Um, so, it's great to have positive representation, but yeah, to always be other yeah. is, is interesting. It's
0: interesting because in the way that she talks about it, part of what Toff is trying to say to her parents is that she just shouldn't be treated as though she's completely uncapable. Yes. Right? That she is still capable, that even though... Yeah, she's blind. She doesn't see like everybody else around her. That she's still very much a capable mm. person and can mm-hmm. still function just as well as anybody else. Yeah, and that's more than anything. That's what she wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then as it goes on, certainly she's extremely powerful, and that's yeah. a huge part of who she is too. But in, at least in what's being stated, a lot of it is that just like, don't treat me like I'm. I,
2: yeah, and un, you know, that's incapable. that's where I would settle on it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious to see the uh, opinions. And of I think people it's good who... also that
0: it does that she's. As much as it's her strength, it's also her weakness yes, at times. Absolutely. Like when she's flying, or when she can't help in some way, mm. or
2: there is a real fear of not being in control.
0: Yeah, um, there. Yeah, because mm. she relies so much on that, and that when things aren't in her realm of. Mm-hmm. Are, are, are outside her ability to sense them, that, that is a really terrifying it's, it's, part for her.
2: It's panic; like she panics in those. She moments. does. There's yeah. the bit where she's
0: trying to cross the ice and she can't mm-hmm. see anything. Yeah, and then she's she can't swim either, and she's stuck in the water. Yeah, she that funny v- moment with Suki that I love. Yeah. You can let me drown now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, oh Suki, uh, what a hero. Um, While
0: you're thinking of that, I also love. I think it's interesting the way they use her blindness is a real in a I think in a positive way mm. a real source of comedy because it comes from Toff yeah Toff does it.
2: She sees the funny side of the fact that she is different yeah yeah
0: and the way that people expect her mm-hmm. or forget that she's blind yeah or like and that interaction is always funny yeah. I, I, the
2: joke is always on the other people who are ignorant or forgetful of her. Or how, of her, how she experiences the world.
0: There's one time where it's not. It's at her own expense, but she, but it's got to do with her, like, her pride. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes across really well where they're putting up posters to find ARPA and they're asking yeah. people if they've seen ARPA. And she's like, she's frustrated that no one's, like, letting her put them up. And so she, like, pastes one and puts it on the wall and puts it up face down, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then says, realises that she can't see if it's the right way up and says, it's upside down, isn't it? Which is an incredibly well-layered joke because it's not upside down. It's completely the wrong way around. (laughs) It's back to front. It's back to front. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really, I don't know, I love that joke for some reason. it's a good joke, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, from my perspective, it seemed like a really positive portrayal. I hope so. It certainly Um, feels that way. Yeah. Yeah, but that's my hope. But I I am intrigued to, to see how people with, different abilities and disabilities yeah. feel about that kind of thing. Yeah. Please
0: write in. If you have any opinions on yeah. this or know anything <laughs> about do. this, I'd love to hear it. Um, yeah. What's cool, I think, is that I felt like after our first podcast, I was being very general with the way I was talking about season one. I think season two had a lot to bite into in terms of what's changed, yes. how the story's progressing, what they've added, You know, where the story's going. I think we've done a reasonable job diving into that. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. So let's start wrapping things up a little bit Your favourite and least favourite episode, please.
2: Which one do you want first?
0: Favourite episode, please.
2: Favourite? The Desert. The Desert. I love The Desert.
0: So, The Desert is the episode immediately after Arpa has been taken. Mm -hmm. What is it you love about The Desert?
2: I love seeing the the different aspects of our heroes Mm -hmm. or our main characters. To see Aang in so much pain. And then also to see... Katara having to rally everyone together and be strong even though she's continuously like shut down mm-hmm. or she doesn't, she's trying to be hopeful even though there doesn't really seem to be a reason to be hopeful. Sure. And yeah, I just love seeing a completely different side to Aang really that I hadn't s- seen before. We've seen like little glimpses but mm. the the depth of of loss and really being able to explore that um, and how that connects Aang and Katara together. Sure. Yeah. I. I mean, I found that a very emotional episode. Um, yeah. Even, and it. It's also got some great comedy moments, like obviously with Saka and Momo tripping balls. It's so funny. Yeah. It's really good. Um. It's a fantastic it's the balance. The yeah. <laughs> It's. <laughs> And I love when um he's just Why is started tough on fire. <laughs> he's just started to come down and they go to like the wasp nest and then he licks the wall and Katara's <laughs> just like, What are you doing? You've just been like tripping balls for days because you ate a mysterious fruit and now you're licking walls. Just <laughs> stop it. Um yeah, I think it's a really well-balanced episode. I think it's great for insight into character. I love it. I really really love it.
0: Especially for an episode that involves them just like marching through the desert yeah. for a big portion of it. It's it's remarkably entertaining. Mm-hmm. And but you're right, especially what it's such a good episode for Aang where he cuz he's always like we said about him and Luke, they're so virtuous and so like like yeah. and then just to see him like really like I'm like yep. this is.
2: If you take away his foundation, oh, this is what he can be. He yeah. can
0: be petulant and aggressive, vindictive. Yeah, and very yeah. short Vengeful. and like, oh, mm-hmm. really mean and like, yep. yeah. And that it's a really really cool mm-hmm. character beat and, and moment of understanding. Aang, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a great episode. I love it as well. I think my episode favorite episode this season is episode six, the Blind Bandit, which is the episode mm, yeah, of in which we introduce Toth. It. I'll, I will preface it. I don't think it's necessarily the best episode this season in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I think there might be one that, I, I don't know, pushes the plot forward more or is more emotionally compelling or all those sorts of things maybe. But I. it's the one episode of the show I've watched the most. I. I there's no secret that I love Toph as a character. I think she's the fucking best. Yeah. And her introduction is so strong. She is a great element that, that adds to the show. She is... Fun to watch, she, her, her bending and the way it's animated is so good. She makes earth bending for the first time, I think, really, really interesting. Agreed. And yeah. the first moment when the rock, no, sorry, the boulder, <laughs> which is the rock. <laughs> I was
2: about to bring out like how much, yeah. The boulder is just the rock. The rock, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: when the boulder puts his uh, ankle or his heel down on the ground, and you mm. see the vibrations come out. She does sort of the yeah. daredevil thing where she can see. Yeah, it's great. Through the vibration of the earth, mm-hmm. oh, it's such a cool episode. It's a very funny episode. Saka's really funny. He's like super masculine, like woo for the the, the boulder. Uh, b- boulder, yeah. And just that scene at the end when she just toff takes apart these like six earthbenders, yeah. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. It's just a great. It's episode. It's a great to watch.
2: introduction of a character. It's a
0: fantastic mm-hmm. introduction of her character. And yeah.
2: watching, yeah, the the battles with the boulder it just took me took me back to being like nine or ten or whatever when I'd watch wrestling with my brothers. Sure. And how much we loved The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Before he was Dwayne Johnson. Yeah.
0: So that's my favourite episode. It's just... Okay. Yeah. I Very just personal really enjoyed reasons the episode.
2: which I think is just as valid.
0: Totally it. Mm-hmm. Um, And part of the reason it's my favourite episode is because there are so many good episodes it's really hard for me to pick pick one and go did this the best. I just... I love watching episode six. Mm-hmm. Least favourite episode of the season?
2: Mine's episode five which is Avatar Day. Avatar Day? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, as much as I love the foam mouth guy, yep. it's, it felt very kiddie to me, sure. in, particularly in their investigation and how things just kind of fell into place, um, how there's still
0: it's a really evidence s- around like the episode. Yeah,
2: footprint and stuff is still there and yep. all that kind of thing. And it didn't really go anywhere for me. Um, and I think at the end of the episode, Saka says, "This is by far the worst town we've ever been to." And my notes just say, "I don't disagree with that." Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just, just didn't really do it for me. I didn't find it particularly interesting. It was a bit silly, a bit, a bit too kiddish, a uh, bit too obvious. Yeah.
0: It's it's definitely a silly episode. I I personally enjoy it. Reason, like I don't I don't have any problems with like I don't I dislike it I guess is what I'm trying to say I think it's a funny episode I think Saka's really funny in that yep. episode his whole bit with Katara where she, where she keeps getting in the way of his like he's about to figure something <laughs> out she goes to say he's like hold on I've Does got the the part. hat and the
2: <laughs> pipe mean nothing to you. Yeah. yeah,
0: little things like that. It's just a it's just a goofy episode. Mm. It doesn't add anything to the overall plot. Yep. So it's definitely it's like if you could lose if you it's could take an episode Certainly not
2: out, offensively bad. But you know. if I like if I had to choose one episode to skip, that would be the one I would skip.
0: Totally agree. Mm-hmm. The you could definitely do that skip, it. you wouldn't lose much. The only thing you really lose, I think, is that there is a moment at the end where we get, uh, Kyo- avatar Kyoshi mm-hmm. talks about sort of rectifies the history that that's there that been changed over 100 years or whatever, or 150 odd years or whatever. And um, I don't know, it's just an interesting look into that she does admit that she did murder that whatever the Conqueror, I can't remember the name of the character. The whole idea that she was on trial for killing this wasn't person. wasn't intentional though. She admits, yeah, it's true. It suggests that he was sort of a victim of her creating Kyoshi yeah. Island. But she straight out says, like her first sentence is like, yes, I killed him. Yeah, And that's, uh, it is going to mean more next season, why right. that's actually an interesting detail. Mm-hmm. So I am using a little bit of forward knowledge. Yeah, I agree right. though, of all the episodes, it's, it's pretty easy to throw that one away. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. uh, similar reasons is why I find, I think that apart from the very end of The Chase, The Chase is my least favorite episode.
2: You, the, oh, that's right. When Azula and the gang are,
0: yeah. Chasing them down, right? Exactly. And so they're on ARPA, and the joke or the situation is that they can't get a good night's sleep because every time they land, they see this thing chasing them, and it's Azula mm-hmm. and the and May and Ty Lee basically on their tail. It turns out that ARPA's shedding, and so they're following that. Um, and there's this sort of the fight going on between Katara and Toff, where their personalities are clashing basically. And again, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But up until the last bit where they corner Azula and then she like surrenders but then is bullshitting and yeah. um, hits Iroh, uh, chooses to, to yeah. strike Iroh with the lightning. Yeah,
2: that last bit's cool. The, the thing that great. Yeah, the thing that annoyed me a little bit about that episode is how whenever they land, they like don't even have a moment's pause to like sleep for a second before they have to go again. Yeah. And yet for some reason they have a moment where they can stop and give up or a bath. Yeah. brush his hair off. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I thought you didn't have any time. Yeah. yeah. That little thing. I was like, mm, that doesn't quite work. Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah. It's it's just, again, it's an episode that I think if we, apart from the ending, if you lost it, it wouldn't. Yeah. I, I'm i not missing out on much. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not even that interested in the bitchiness between Katara and Toph. It's probably the weakest moment. Mm. I mean, I, I kind of see why it's there because they, they would have a conflict of personalities, but I don't know. I just don't think it's executed yeah. all that interestingly. I agree. That's... But again, it's not a bad episode. I think every episode, similar to Breaking Bad season two, every episode of season two of Avatar is better than most episodes of season one of Avatar. Yeah, definitely. Not that Avatar season one is bad by any means. No, no, no. Uh, Yeah, that
2: is not comparative to season one of Breaking Bad. Those two first seasons. Oh, they're 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 completely different.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they're worlds apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Would we continue watching Avatar at this point? Are you could stop me? Yeah. Like I want
2: to continue on right now but we've got to watch the last season of breaking bad so yep
0: okay final score and ranking so what's what do you give this out of five stars and then for how do you rank this compared to season one is it above or below season one
2: yeah oh it's really hard um i'm gonna go with four four point five okay it's really good it's really really good I'm trying to think of a reason why I'm not giving it a five.
0: Because I've I I said to you before we started, I sort of asked this question because I was struggling mm. with this too, and I've decided I'm giving it five. Yeah, okay. That's because fair. I as we I figured as we discussed this, I was gonna figure out what my weaknesses are. We have gushed over so much of this season. Mm. So much of it is successful. And the the things that are there, the criticisms I have are so Miniscule, tiny and yeah. minuscule that I I I think it's an excellent, excellent, excellent season of television. It's it builds on everything season one did.
2: You're kind of convincing me. Yeah. I can't.
0: I I can't think of a reason to not like. Um, five stars does not mean perfect, right? Yeah. Five stars just means.
2: I think that's what's hard for me to wrap my head around is five. It's
0: isn't not perfect, without yeah. f- completely without faults, but the faults are so tiny that they they don't get in the way of ultimately what this that this is a fantastic, fulfilling season of television yeah it's I, I I have to give it five stars and it, the only thing that worries me is I don't know where I'm going to put I actually I might season three is going to be interesting to see where it ranks but I'm going to give this one I'm going to give it five I'm going to give it five I don't care I'm going to give it five
2: I'm really thinking <laughs> um, go through
0: your criticisms again What what is stopping you what's holding you back what's the general <clears throat> feeling
2: I really 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 liked it I really did did you love it that's the thing. Okay. I'm not sure if I loved it. Okay. Because there are some seasons, there are some shows where I'm like, I love it. Like it fills me with so much joy. I just cannot shut up about it. Like I just, it's, I'm always telling like random strangers on the street to go watch it. Sure. I don't have that about this season. Sure. Because
0: um, so what you just did there was describe me about yeah. Avatar. <laughs> That's yeah.
2: me. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to stick with 4.5. Cool. Um, because yeah, the criticism, criticisms are very minuscule, but I'm not completely in love. I wouldn't marry season two of Avatar, even though I would marry Suki. Sure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm going to stick with 4.5. It's fantastic. I would recommend it to people that like anime and are a bit nerdy, but I wouldn't recommend it to everyone.
0: Really? Yeah. I would recommend, I mean, the only people I wouldn't recommend this to are people who have... A ridiculous, like bias against animation. Like my dad, for some reason, he mm. just—if it's animated, he doesn't think it can be. I think it's just because
2: involved. of the kitty elements. I think a lot of people would be turned
0: off. But see, I, I that's the argument. The uh, I—I would have. Can you have that argument about Pixar? Like, but does I, that? Would you not? No, but that's Pixar the thing. That's,
2: I'm not saying it's a good reason. I'm—I acknowledge that sure. it's a bias of some people. Yeah. Um, but I and. The season's great, but I don't think it can overcome that bias.
0: I think if you watch Avatar and don't like it because you monster? think it's too kiddie, we can't be friends.
2: Oh, all right, put it out there.
0: I, I don't know anyone anyone <laughs> who I've got to watch it has loved it. My yeah. brother and his partner, I got them to watch it, mm. and they ate it up. Our friend Ben and his partner, they fell in love with it. Um, I know mm. they're like they have similar taste I to I I us. Say that's fine, you're but just
2: describing like. Kind of nerdy people. I, yeah, but I think most
0: <laughs> of my friends are nerdy people. I hope most people who are listening to this are like yeah, TV prob- nerds. Yeah. And stuff. I think anyone who's listening to this podcast, I think would really love it. Mm. I, I, I can't... I, I'm having a hard time thinking of people I know who wouldn't love it. Or wouldn't... Mm, maybe not love it. At least enjoy it. At least see the yeah. value in it. Who wouldn't look at it and go, pff, scoff at it and go, no, nah, that's just... yeah. If you're too cool for school, you think it, you're too cool for Avatar 9 no, when we can't be friends.
2: <laughs> um, Yeah, okay. So, that's you've drawn the line there. I'm glad I like this show, otherwise... I mean, I'm being hyperbolic. A, this would be a really awkward podcast. Um,
0: But you do like it because you're not a monster.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. No, I mean, I love Avatar as a whole. I really, 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 really like this season, but I don't love it. Fair enough. Yeah, not in love with it. Oh, that's cool. That's no, I love it. I'm not in love
0: with that's it. Not, <laughs> that's not an argument against your score, by the way. Like the yeah, whole 4.5 know, thing. I know. Yeah, I know. Um, I understand what you're saying. That's mm. fair enough.
2: And I think also a part of what's playing into my score is I do know how I felt about season three. Well, I don't remember the specifics. I remember how I felt about it.
0: Well, I'm, I'll probably edit this out. What do you feel about season three? Do you like season three more than season two?
2: I remember... I. Remember loving season
0: three. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, well, that's an interesting preview for next season there because yeah. I think they're, yeah, there's some interesting things to talk about. Whether three.
2: I will still feel that way after re-watching it, I'm not sure. But I remember that's how I felt, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that next time. Mm. Anyway, it's time for us to wrap up. Mm-hmm. First off, big thank yous to Sean Kirkpatrick who created our wonderful logo and graphics. You can find his work at Sean Kirkpatrick Designs portfoliobox.net and also a big thank you to Jordan Calavis who created our wonderful theme song. You can find him at soundcloud.com slash classicjrex that's classic J-R-E-X. If you would like to contact us you can do so on Facebook at Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast or HuntingSCast. Or you can email us at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. You can find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at BGordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask.
2: At MaskyMoo, m a s k y m w.
0: And next episode, we will be discussing Season 5 of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. We initially said this was going to be the last podcast. We've done a little bit of digging, a little bit of research into Season 5 of Breaking Bad. And it turns out that there are 16 episodes that were split up by nearly a year. Yeah. So there was eight episodes in one year and then there was 11-month break and then they came back into the last eight episodes. Mm. In Australia, I believe they released those two halves as separate DVDs. Uh, they weren't released together. And Doctor Who's done weird stuff like that as well, but right. they've set, one's called the fifth season, one's called the final season. Um, Mad Men did it too. Um, I It's hard to... I mean, it is classified as the fifth season, but for the sake of the intention, I think, of splitting it in two halves without knowing what happens as a mid season finale, mm. at this point we're going to make we're going to do two separate episodes, I think.
2: Yes. Yeah. So yeah, two separate podcasts. Two separate for podcasts that season. for
0: that season by mm. splitting it the way it was done. Yeah. So on television. And I
2: also think we decided on doing that as well because there are more episodes and generally it's had ten episodes.
0: There's been thirteen episodes 30, per season, sorry, 13. except for the first season, which was six episodes. Yeah. Each half is more than that.
2: Yeah, and we've had and we've had so much to talk about that amount of episodes, so sixteen just feels like a lot to talk about. A lot sixteen
0: yeah. nearly hour long so episodes. I feel like splitting lot.
2: it in two is probably a really good idea. Yeah, so
0: we're gonna do that. You've got two episodes of Breaking Bad to look forward to. Next week being part one of mm-hmm. season five yeah. of Breaking Bad, we'll say. Until then, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week on Hunting Seasons. Bye for now. Bye.